1: But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. That's 888-303-9136. Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. free wireless home security system, and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-561-2351, 800-561-2351, 800-561-2351. This offer is for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License, terms, and conditions available at secureathome.com.
2: Hello, hello,
1: hello.
3: The homeless are still homeless.
1: The poor are still poor. Yet we find billions of dollars. To fund senseless war And yes, we're fighting terrorism What about the quiet racism? dividing among ourselves
3: Somebody's crying for help Heaven is listening Heaven is
0: watching Heaven knows Oh, 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 and they may not play this on the radio the devil
1: don't want you
4: to do Welcome, 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 welcome to the Unbuzzling Show. How are you? I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Gillery, And thanks for tuning in today. I'm here at the warehouse. Uh, we're getting food together so that we can get it out. Uh, we're just doing our part. Uh if you are in the homes, stay in your home. Don't go out. It's very dangerous. Um, unless you have an emergency, you have to get food, you have to get something. Uh then you go out and get what you need. But other than that, I would tell you I would recommend you stay in your house.
0: Stay in your house.
4: Mr. Jones, how are you?
5: Just fine, sir. How are you doing this evening?
4: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Welcome to the Unbuzzing Press Show. Uh, I, you have so much information to give to our listeners. Our listeners need to hear what you have to say. Uh, so I just want to, you know, tell them a little bit about what you know, uh, about, uh, the stimulus, because everybody has these questions and no one can seem to really answer the questions. Um, quite like you have been able to give me information. So I thought it would be uh, enlightening just to have you on the show to explain.
5: Well, first thing I can tell you, sir, is, um, Wow, the stimulus package is basically uh, for a lot of people is going to be smoke and mirrors. I mean, they say what folks can get, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I would say probably 70, 75 percent of people won't even be eligible to get the benefits.
0: So, yeah. that's kind
5: of scary. That's kind of scary right there because uh, we're looking at things like, and everything is everything is ever changing. I mean, there's what I, what I can tell you today will not be good more than likely tomorrow. Um, they keep changing the rules to the program as for stimulus for individuals. They change the rules to the program as stimulus for companies or for self-employed, for independent contractors. They, so I I can give you what I get. And like I said, it keeps changes fluid. It's uh, it's <laughs> like a, uh, it's like that game, uh, what they used to call it, three-card molly. You just, yeah. just when you think you know where it's at, it's yeah. not there anymore, sir.
4: Okay, so why don't you give us what what you have right now, from where it is right now, before they change the game again?
5: Okay, the game right now, uh, they have sent out some stimulus checks um, right now to private individuals, which is um, families. That that twelve hundred dollar check they was talking about, uh, twelve hundred per person, uh, with five hundred going to the children, and now they included also another five hundred going with that that gap of age that they missed somewhere between it was either 15 to, uh, 22, 15 to 25 or 17 to 25 or 19 to 25 year olds. The ones that shoot their way in school. Uh, but they added that back in as of uh, three days ago, but some people have reported, uh, getting their money so far, uh, anywhere from the $1,200, which was for an adult, a single adult, up to as much as 4,700 that I know of. And that's including the, the two adults and children. Um, but that program is, uh, is only, even though they say they will roll out $1,200, they will pay everybody, um, uh, this amount of money, um, it becomes a little, the 1200 doesn't apply to anyone that, um, uh, owes any child, um, child arrearage support or, or child support, which, which is sounds, it, it sounds like it should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some folks are worried about whether if you owed income taxes, because the Treasury is, the Treasury Department is issuing these um, these checks or or these or this money. So people are a little concerned whether or not people have owed anything to income tax, uh, to IRS or to the state income tax authority. But this is a federal payment, so the state nothing to do with this particular uh, this, this this tax giveaway, this money giveaway. Now, as for you on IRS, they said they are not supposed to institute any penalties against you for owing them any money from back taxes or for taxes you might owe in the future for this $1,200. Now, at the same instance, um, people who might have a lien against them or a judgment against them for someone trying to take their tax money, this is not supposed to be included in that same type of uh, lien engagement or judgment granting. So the $1,200 is basically supposed to be free and clear. Now, here's the caveats. Um, they need to find a way to track you. So they want they wanted folks in the beginning to turn in an income tax form, whether to use the 2018 or to use your 2019. Uh, and it became a little confusing because the people in my community, over half of them, do not file an income tax form for whatever reason. Okay, either they're too old, they don't make enough money, or they don't want to file one. I mean, I'm not going to say what the reason is, but those are some of the reasons why. So if you're not if you have not filed income tax then automatically you was out this $1,200 giveaway.
4: So then (laughs) he came
5: in. Go ahead, sir.
4: So the people that are on GR, general relief, the people that are are disabled, uh, and so they get the SNAP food stamps, um, they have been told historically, if you make less than $12,000 a year, you do not have to file taxes because you only you're getting basically uh, less than a thousand dollars. These people only get two hundred bucks, two twenty a month or something like that. They were telling them they did not have to file. So this is where I think that the uh, Democrat um, electors went and said, listen, you
2: guys need to change this because they didn't for your business.
5: That's you're right. The Democrats <laughs> tried to. Uh, Democrats did a good thing in my eyesight, which was holding up the stimulus package for, for a few reasons. When you got Republicans and Democrats fighting over money, Democrats tend to fight for a more encompassing giveaway of money. In other words, they, instead of the trickle from the top to the bottom, a theory, as Ronald Reagan tried, correct, somewhat love, they like to bring the money from the bottom to the top. Uh, and they wanted more money for the regular everyday person or the people who was actually hurting instead of putting it in the big corporations or the big business hands. So what happened was um they were people were saying what would happen if I didn't file my taxes? I mean that was the that was a big thing because that right there wiped out seventy some percent of the folks I know. So what they came up with was uh on if I'm not mistaken, on April tenth, uh, which was yesterday, they decided to utilize RS, put something on a website where you can use a link that's known for non-filers, and it's a free fillable form. The that, that bottom line is they wanted you to, to place a Social Security number on a form regardless. Even though they, folks are getting general assistance or Social Security disability or things like that, regardless of this stimulus package had was supposed to and still has no bearing on any income that they would earn per month or per year. So this is a gift payment, basically to any and everybody, if you can fill out the piece of paper that our that the Treasury Department needs or wants uh, for you to get this. And basically, it's one reason they really want that to make sure they're not it's not a widespread fraud because anytime somebody's giving away a chunk of money without asking much of anything from anybody. Hey, I'm sorry, we got people that was filing their cats and dogs again as uh, as dependents tax forms again. But what we have here is uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to gather right now and tell you that when it came to the point of did you have to file an income tax or did you have to file income tax return the word was as of yesterday yes and no and the reason I say yes and no because anybody's getting any form of money from U.S. Treasury being a Social Security payment or SSI disability type payment uh, they're supposed to ordinarily be added. With with the with the one thousand two hundred dollars, they're supposed to be automatically added on on their next on their next um, deposit or their next payout the twelve hundred dollars. And that's as of yesterday, and I have to keep stressing that all this is fluid; it keeps moving. Uh, it's a mess out here because not only is it a mess with the stimulus package. As for personal individual checks, for businesses are catching hell right now because they're filling out paperwork and there's no movement. The banks are not ready for them. So if the bank's not ready for them, it stands the fact that RS is not ready for, you know, just because the president opened his mouth and said that hey, we're going to give you something, the people who are supposed to give it to us are not ready. We even had a delay here that the $1,200 to some people uh, might not see them for somewhere between six to twelve weeks. And let's also add the unemployment benefit. The extra $600 is supposed to be given out on top of what other folks are supposed to get. Some of those folks I know for a fact have received that $600 additional payment. So the money is coming out to different people. I even know a business that received $200,000 for the uh, the paycheck protection plan, but it came at a cost. The $200,000 they get, um, they couldn't ask for it later because it's a first-come-first basis, but then you have X amount of weeks to distribute this money that you get from the paycheck protection plan. Otherwise, it's counted against you as a loan. So it's a lot of good and it's a lot of bad and all this. But whenever there's free money, I consider it all good.
0: So
4: let's talk about uh, the little Small Business Administration money that they're giving to small business. Many of the small businesses that I've talked to around the state, they've contacted us. They said, listen, we get on, went to our bank. And their bank told them, no, uh, we are not set up
2: to uh,
4: get this money. We're not set up to give you this money. Uh, They've been the running room, and when they finally get to the right place, they tell them that um, there are so many applications in front of them.
5: That that is true. It, it's <laughs> here we go again with the mess. What we have found is that when they announced the plan of the two trillion, which was uh, I think they were giving away three hundred, I think they were giving away three hundred fifty billion initially uh, for businesses. And it also was a first-come, 1st serve. As soon as a website opened up to take applications, uh, number one, the applications was flawed. Number two, the system couldn't handle the load. Number three, banks were not in place to even handle what was coming. When I say not was in place to handle, they couldn't handle the volume, but they also couldn't handle the framework of the paperwork. Because the IRS decided, the government decided to streamline all the paperwork, even though they would tell you to... Uh, if you was if you was this particular type of individual applying for money as a business, use this form. What I found out was looking at all the forms, the form was the same form regardless of, of what type of business applied for it. So the so the treasury decided to be smart about it and use one form but not tell you it was one form. So what ended up happening was the whole system just crashed and burned uh for a day and a half there. When the system came back up, no one could no one could get approval for the money. Uh, What I've had happen in the last three days is people would get approval for the money, but nobody can help them close out the loan. In other words, uh, the the federal government side, the bank has has got you the approval for the money by saying that you meet the criteria that this bank is asking for, which is universal. But when the bank submits the loan to the federal government for a payout, the federal government is not in position right now to close the loan. They can't fund the loan, and they can't execute the remainder of paperwork. So people are still stuck in a limbo here. Most of the folks are stuck in a limbo. Now, we have a lot of banks who can't participate, either because they don't have enough um, – their bank is not solvent enough, uh, according to the formula they use to see how, what banks was in harm's way uh, in the last two or three years, but also because they don't carry enough on deposit. And then we have some big banks that are not participating uh, because they don't want to. So out in California, that might be your case right there. You might have a majority of the banks out there that that does not. I'm in Michigan right now, but I'm looking at the law. I'm looking at the law and the loans how they apply on a federal level because the federal government is instituting it. So it's supposed to be the same program regardless of where we go in the state. I'm sorry, regardless of where we go in the United States. Now give me a specific question there because I probably mine is really racing now.
4: Well, I know, but I I want to. I want to allow you
5: to just disseminate the
4: information that you have because you have a plethora of information. And, uh, you know, when you send me the information, it's like I go and check it. I'm like, wow, where did he get this from? He is doing his research. So um, let's talk about the virus, I guess, a little bit. Uh, Today it was announced that the, uh, the Justice Department and the FBI were going after these people who have false and fake cures that they've been selling. They have a uh, uh, pastor, a uh, uh, baker that they arrested, uh, apparently, or got a diamond for. Is
5: that Texas or Florida. Florida?
4: Yes, that's in Florida, uh, saying that he had a cure to it um, uh, and selling some medication that they said uh, has not been approved by the FDA, and it was fake medicine anyway. What, 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 what information do you have uh, regarding what people should do right now?
5: Well, it is it, the worst thing that can happen right now, and, and it has happened anytime we have an emergency or a problem, it's, it's gossip or just point blank. I mean, it's gossip. I'm not going to say fake news since uh, since the president seems to like that term and he's the biggest liar I've found. But we're not going to say fake news. What we're going to say is there, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of bad information. There's, a, there's just just a whole lot of talk. And the information that I gather is coming from I want you to understand number one it's coming number one from the the best source I can find, which is overseas in, in China right now out the asian uh Asian continent where where this supposedly disease or virus started or originated is has it's been affecting them for somewhere depending on who who you want to talk to anywhere from six months uh to the last twelve months so that's the greatest authority or greatest depository of information that we could have. Now, I'm looking at – I'm I'm researching back through news files, scientific uh, research files, doctors' comments, and I'm, I'm looking at folks who deal with it, not folks who talk about it. So I'm looking at doctors who have treated. I'm looking at scientists who are studying. I'm looking at researchers over there who are, who are getting it behind, just blow it out, trying to figure out, you know, when would this disease peak, how does it peak, how does it transmit it, how did it originate, what can stop it, what can cause it, what can slow it down. Now, what we need to know in America is two things. Number one, we getting stinking information from the government. It's all mixed and messy, okay? But the thing is, here's what's known. This is a virus. And a virus can be transmitted by entering any part of the body that has an opening and we probably have anywhere from, depending on who you want to talk to, six to nine orifices. okay? So we have openings throughout our body. So that's why they say when you touch it, uh, when you touch it and you bring it near yourself, you know, touching it to your hands is not an issue. But once it enters the, the eyes or it enters the mouth or it enters the nose or any other part where something can be transmitted into the body, Now, the thing we need to guard against it is that, there are some things that we can do. Of course, washing your hands, keeping your hands clean. You kill things before you put them on you. Uh, but if the things that this virus is, as they say, this is a virus that can float or linger in the air. It can actually linger in the air. I can sneeze or I can cough. And those tiny droplets of water or molecules of water that we cannot see is just this is vapor. This is vapor floating that you can actually walk into contact contact with. If the wind's not blowing, vapor does Stay suspended for a while, or miss stays suspended for a while. Uh, uh, imagine yourself looking at a at a at a kettle of boiling water, or a tea yeah, a tea kettle of boiling water and the steam's floating through there. You can see the steam, and the steam will float and it will continue to go and do what it has to do until the steam gets cool enough, where the steam will just dis- and dis- dis- turn back into its net- state which it was before it was steam. Before it was heated, it was water. So imagine that a sneeze or the cough that has this virus floating on it is as though a steam, but it's like an invisible stain. And as this virus floats back down because of gravity, thank God for gravity, the virus, uh, even if the droplets are floating, they will descend down to the ground. Now, that ground might be a countertop, might be the seat of your car, it might be your clothing, it might be you. That tie is transmitted. That is how they find out it's So what we can do to stop the transmission is we have to be a lot more cleaner. I didn't say a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. I said a lot more cleaner. When mm-hmm. I say about that, some more washing. Now just We're talking about basic cleaning. I'm not talking about anything special. I'm talking about grabbing bleaches, uh, bleach and ammonia and these disinfectant wa- wash your hands. Use soap and water. Greatest defense is soap and water. Soap and water. Same thing we use to wipe dirt and the dirt must and in- uh, to rust those great things off, soap and water is the greatest defense. Uh, the defense that I would use before then is, what are we eating? What are we eating? Oranges. And some of these things may not be uh, may not be beneficial to some folks out here that like to sell the cures or or like to sell you some drugs or to sell you the greatest uh, uh, remedy that they have on their shelf. But oranges, oranges have been found to have uh, like an antibacterial or, 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 or immune-boosting uh, piece in it. And I'm talking about just oranges, just regular oranges. Um, some old cures I've heard about the oranges recently, which still makes sense, is some people say they would peel an orange, and they would take the pillings and put them in water and boil it, and they actually will inhale the mist of the orange pillings. I heard other folks say they would they would even drink the water that was created from the orange pillings. And you would ask yourself why sometimes. But then again, we look back into it and we look back into facts and I'm talking about old facts. So when I say old facts, medical uh medical um The medical marvels or medical discoveries nowadays always tied to somebody's trying to sell somebody something, some cure for high blood pressure, hypertension, cure for the cold, blah blah, which they seem to not have a cure for the cold, and the cold is also a virus. But I'm going back, I'm going back anywhere from 60 to a few hundred years or farther if I can find out any information that dictates about viruses. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you remember, but they had something back in, I think it was 1913. And it was something known as the, I guess most folks are calling it the black plague where where I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 1300s. Uh, I got a lot of numbers running through my mind right now, but there was an incident in 1300s where uh, approximately 50 to 70% of the population uh, of the world was basically wiped out because of a virus that, that, that started overseas and transmitted into the rest of the world by travel, or boats. And we talk right now that we're losing approximately 1% of, 1% of the people that's getting infected is dying, which is still a great number. But when we look at things that happen in, in, in time before our times, and history is our greatest indicator of things that could go wrong. Um, wow, okay, Brian, uh, let me focus back here for a second. Focus back here for a second. Let me get back to the oranges, excuse me there for a second, but I, it, 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 it misinf- the misinformation <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: the misinformation
5: is, a, is basically the, uh, the worst thing we can have. Um, it, it causes us to do things that make no sense, causes us to take chances that we, we really should. not I mean, we gotta, we have a, a tremendous amount of older folks. When you're trapped in a facility where you cannot leave the facility, and if somebody brings in a foreign foreign organism into the facility, and I'm speaking specifically to nursing homes or, or foster, adult foster care homes, ones of large variety, if one person gets sick, uh, you literally can have everyone in the same facility sick within a, a couple of days
6: to a
0: week,
5: everyone. Uh, and I bring, I bring focus to Cook County Jail in, in Chicago. Uh, approximately anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of inmates in Cook County right now uh, has had some corona, coronavirus related illness right now. Of course, um, our beautiful folks in Chicago is denying it basically as that's being true. And I'm saying this again because wherever people are in direct contact with you and so cannot leave, cannot move, cannot remove themselves as for this social distancing, um, we have issues. Now being at the best thing you can do that to stay at home, the stay in place orders that, that they kicking out here to people that people are being resistant. Uh yes, there are there is a small majority of people being very resistant to stay at home orders. But the stay at home orders do one or two things. It limits your exposure to anyone but the folks you're looking at all day long. And so if the folks that's in your household uh, that you're associating with if they are not sick now, it's almost a guaranteed chance that they will not get sick later unless you break this self-contained uh, uh, this self-contained containment element of staying within your own household. Um, it's the same thing when one person in your household might end up with a cold. You know that basically everybody else is going to end up with a cold uh, relatively soon because the virus, this virus, which is a cold also, is floating around within the household with that one person, with something they touch, something they drink, they sneeze, and even their breathing, they're breathing out minuscule, micro- droplets of vapor. Uh, I don't want to get too scientific about this, but we it doesn't take much for us to get sick. But also at the same time, it doesn't take much for us to do to stay well. Uh, Stay away from folks. Uh, I have a family member that has uh, that has frequented a household in the last four days that the whole household just went into containment, we're talking 11 people, because uh, the caretaker, uh, not the caretaker, the housekeeper, uh, which comes in uh, five days a week, she has coronavirus. And now we have a household with 11 people that, that is on lockdown, uh, and they have to stay that way for approximately 14 days. And everyone's anybody that uh, exhibits any symptoms or the virus, which could be as much as 29 different symptoms, uh, then they're going to be immediately checked. But right now, it's a, the black neighborhoods, by the way, minority neighborhoods, uh, our rate to gather this disease is somewhere between three to nine times greater than any other ethnic group right now. And that's all because we cluster or we in close proximity of each other because okay. that's just the makeup of America right now.
4: Okay, so there was a misnomer out there uh, in the beginning that black people could not catch this uh, coronavirus, uh, the COVID-19 uh, we were immune to it. And then all of a sudden, there was even propaganda that was put out on YouTube by black actors and, and activists until and uh, all of a sudden uh, we had a couple of black people to die from it. And then now we are finding out that the numbers are higher for African Americans than they are for anybody else. And there's less of us in America than anyone else. you want to well, talk a little bit about that?
5: Well, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's look at this then. One thing we do know right now, see, the numbers, here's the beautiful thing about numbers and facts and information. If you don't, if you are not the one gathering these, these numbers, if you're not the one that's uh, that's compiling, uh, making up the, the fact sheets, then you're going to get bad information. If you're not controlling the television station or the radio stations or any media outlet that's disseminating this information, passing it out, delivering it, giving it, uh, you're going to be on the losing end again. Whenever there's incidents in, in in Caucasian neighborhoods, sometimes you won't hear of them being reported because who would want to report bad news in their own house? But if you hear that there's something going wrong in somebody else's neighborhood or somebody else's household, such as uh, uh, the black man's household, well, everybody wants to talk about that. And the first thing they're going to say is, well, we knew they were no good. Now I'm saying this for the fact, because when the, when the, what I call the C-19 or this call, they want to call it COVID-19 or, or coronavirus. When that first supposedly set foot in America, it came from European travelers or Caucasian individuals. Yes. I did say Caucasian individuals traveling from, um, from Europe or Asia coming back to America. It wasn't any black individuals traveling over to Asia or Europe and bringing back something, but it came through some individuals, uh, they didn't look like us. But what happened was these individuals somehow or another through their transmittal of everybody their contact with everybody else, they came in contact with folks in our neighborhoods. Now, most suburban in inner city has two different makeup. Inner city has close clusters. Suburban has a little spread out factor. Okay. Um, when you, uh, how can I say this? Uh, How can I say this? Uh, Let me say it with uh, a little grace here. When somebody brings something into your neighborhood and uh, you don't know it's bad news, but yet you accidentally help it travel or transmit or spread, and nobody's checking to see was the news any good, or in this case, let's say it brought in bad food, and nobody checked to see it was bad food because our neighborhood gets bad food. And people start to get sick from certain things. And nobody is bothering to test and check whether we got sick from anything. It must be something we always get sick from. We get sick. We got hypertension. We got blood pressure. Uh, we caught the flu. We caught a cold. It's nothing important. Now, it becomes important when in other neighborhoods they start to exhibit issues that, that are not making sense. Our neighborhood was not tested. African-Americans are dying at a higher rate. The data has the data that they decided to release. Now they knew, and CDC had the data about what minority groups, in respect, was happening in, in Milwaukee County. Okay, uh, which is about twenty-seven to twenty-eight percent black. Uh, is the the cor the coronavirus rate is eighty-one percent. Okay, in Chicago, they found that seventy. Uh, what I'm saying by eighty-one uh, percent, when I say eighty-one uh, percent of the people that got corona coronavirus, 81% died in Chicago. Uh, 70% of the people who die from Corona uh, coronavirus happen to be black. But the city population in Chicago is only 30%. Detroit has a majority black population. Detroit's population is approximately 670,000 people. Um, we have 47% of the virus-related cases resulting in death. 47% is relating in death. So is the number stacked against us? They're always stacked against us, okay? Uh, when we don't have good information, it, the disease is not a problem until it affects some other type of racial group. And that is the problem now. New York City is catching hell because, once again, we've got folks that's clustered together, not to mention that New York has over 22 million people, okay? That doesn't hurt. 22 million people clustered together uh, with, with high transmittal rates. So one person has the ability to, to infect uh, two to 300 people in a week. Now, two to 300 people in a week. Now, I know they say one person can infect 40, but in, in New York, everything's multiplied by the sheer fact of the number of people. One person infects 200 people in one week. Those 200 people infect just one apiece. Then all of a sudden, we got well over 400-plus people infected. Now, the problem becomes is the next week, We go from 400 people infected into 50,000 people infected. The numbers sound crazy. I mean, what we've been told by Washington, D.C. is not in direct alignment with what's been happening in Italy, what's been happening in Spain, what has happened in China, what is Japan is experiencing right now. I mean, New York, just by itself. New York has more folks that's been infected and more deaths of people than any country in the world, just New York City, than any country in the world. And I said so, a country, I, I didn't say a state, I said a country.
4: So my question, because I'm looking at these numbers, are these numbers reflective of Democrats voting?
5: Uh, these, when it comes to the Democrats voting or or, or, or the Republicans voting, um our government gets stupid at a time i mean this is this is not about you know what's going to happen in an election that's going to occur in november this is not about whether the senate will be taken over by the democrats or or the democrats will retain the, the, the house this is about people dying number one this is about people getting sick and when they get sick it's a 50 50 chance that they might die okay it's also about a vast population has not been tested. It's not been tested. We have folks walking around with with, with symptomatic conditions or, or, or conditions that's not known other folks that can spread the disease. So when we talk Democrats, not voting Democrats didn't vote because they wanted Supposedly they wanted to allocate more money in this new stimulus piece for healthcare workers, for law enforcement, for, uh, uh, for the, for the you and I that's out of work now, or the you and I that's, that was on part time, you and I struggling, you and I that's, we're going to have more foreclosures happening in the next six to 12 months than we had in the last 12 years. Uh, right now, we have unemployment rate that that will never, I mean, damn, we're talking Great Depression numbers coming this way. Um, and we got a president who wants to open up our, we've got a president who wants to open up the nation to commerce or business uh, on May first. Like it's like you like the damn disease has a timetable on it, okay? Instead of being concerned, you can either be concerned with money or you can be concerned with people. And when I say people you can be concerned with the lives and the health of the people or you're concerned with a damn dollar. So I got an idiot running the country that's concerned with a dollar. Ah boy oh girl. Ah.
6: Let me,
4: let me, let me so let's let us let let's give you some closing remarks or what you think that we can do to at least sustain uh, because the date keeps moving back and it will stay off for a week, and two weeks now, it's a month now we're looking at May 15th. Um, what can our people do to sustain during this time and hopefully come out of this
7: uh, alive?
5: If we want to, what we need to do is the only thing that uh, we as a people should be concerned with, it is the it is the ability It's two things number one is to prevent if we don't have this particular issue this virus is to prevent the ability for anybody with a weakened immune system this this virus will attack just like any other virus okay so our things is to is to get in a balance there are four things there are four things out here that is known um history-wise, known from research, known from uh, from what they had discovered over in Asia, is that vitamin C, uh, 200 milligrams a day of vitamin C, which is, like I say, the oranges, uh, is an antioxidant and it fights viruses. That's a given. 200 milligrams a day. Now, that's when you're healthy. If you're not healthy, I would probably bump it up to 400 milligrams, double the dose. I'm looking at vitamin D. Vitamin D is a key to immune functions. And that I would probably take, um, i probably take 50 to 75 milliliters or uh, milliliters of that a day. We're looking at zinc as number three. Zinc inhibits viruses. It stops them from coming near you. It fights lower respiratory infections. And what this particular virus does is it attacks the lungs. Now, the fourth thing I would do is, is selenium. That's, for low levels linked to severe respiratory infections. So what we're doing is we're fighting the ability to fight off a virus, and we also strengthen our ability of our respiratory systems. So vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and psyllium. These things are just, these are things that have been around and been known uh, for hundreds of years to make us, uh, to gather a, a case of superimmunity. Because when our body is out of balance, when it's out of balance, believe it or not, you can have more nutrients and minerals you can have more nutrients and minerals that than you need, uh, that would take your body out of balance. So it's a it's a key between being out of balance and it's a key between being in balance. Too much of anything can injure us, too little of anything can injure us. So I'm talking back about a balance, and that's the vitamin C. We're talking about the vitamin D, we're talking about zinc, and we talk about selenium. These are four things. And I've heard two people talk about garlic and honey and a few more things, but I'm talking about the, the, the minerals or the vitamins that your body needs to fight off uh, viruses, uh, to make your immune system stronger, and also the things to help your respiratory. Because people that suffer an asthma uh, or respiratory uh, or things that's dealing with the lungs or the sinuses, they catch in hell with this. It are really catching hell with this, not to mention folks that already have underlying underlying issues such as hyper uh hypertension high blood pressure we're talking about uh diabetes, kidney issues those are all weakened immune system sets, but the vitamin C the vitamin D the zinc, and the selenium those are the things.
4: Thank you very much for being on. you know you always have a wealth of knowledge. I will be calling you tomorrow anyway, just so you and I can uh talk and uh see how we can, what we can do to continue to do what we're doing. Um, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you doing all the research because, you know, at this time, we, we have to check, fact check, and check again the information that we're getting from the secular media. But thank you very much, Mr. Jones, and I appreciate you, and I'll be talking to One closing to you. note,
5: sir. One closing note. Oh. For oh, your note. folks who want to okay. file, uh, that we got it on April 10th, or not April 10th, but this Monday coming. This Monday coming, they're going to open up again. Um, for folks who are independent contractors, self-employed, uh, 1099 workers. I know this sounds crazy, but uh, go and fill out your paperwork for unemployment. Okay? Fill it out the best you can because they still haven't figured out what is the real criteria rules they're going to use. Fill it out anyway. Fill it out the best you can and submit it because it's a first-come, 1st first serve for funding. And that's unemployment benefits. So if, if you say that you made $800 a week as a self-employed uh, individual – and they approved it, well, they get be you somewhere between maybe 200 to $379 plus the $600.
0: So remember, you're always
5: going to get this plus $600 if you approve. Regardless of what they approve you for, you're going to get a plus $600. Fill it out. And they have having another round for the Paycheck Protection Plan also coming up Monday. So businesses that didn't get in, fill out the paperwork now. And the money will come. We just don't know when.
4: Thank you very much, Mr. Johnson. We'll be in touch with you.
5: We thank you, sir. Thank Enjoy
4: you. your night. Thank you. You're listening to the Ombudsman Press Show with your host, Bishop L.J. Guillory. I want to thank you all for listening. I know right now we're, we're doing all we can to sustain ourselves. And, you know, i just let you know this. If you think that there are not people dying, then I would suggest that you go and start checking on uh, YouTube, and on uh, social media, where individual families are getting out and they're telling you that they've lost their loved ones. This is not an easy uh, issue to deal with, particularly when it hit home. Uh, so all I can tell you is this. Um, don't put yourself in unnecessary situation. Make sure that you um, strap up. Strap up. As my buddy always said, don't be going out there, not not without. <laughs> State Representative Drew Jones, welcome to the show. How you doing, young man?
8: Mind I'm doing now. fantastic. How you doing,
4: huh? I'm doing fine, nephew. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I see you out there with your governor. I see you out there with the people. I see you out there just getting it in. So um, right now, Detroit is is on the list of having the, the most African-Americans like Chicago and L.A. and New York. So as a state representative, what are you all doing? Uh, I I know what you're doing. So why don't you tell our, our listening audience what you all are doing in, in, in the Detroit area to save some of our, our people? Man.
8: Right. Well, I definitely, definitely like how you're saying, you know, while, wow, uh, you know, across the board, um, black population is much uh, lower than the the, I guess, the, uh, equivalent amount that's getting affected by the, the COVID-19. And so um, basically the biggest thing we've been trying to do here is, is really trying to mobilize resources to really um, help kind of like, you know, flatten the curve for the most part. I think the the biggest thing that I've been doing recently is, is demanding um, that, you know, these hospitals and that these agencies and whatnot uh, put forth actual credible data uh, and keep running estimates of everything that's going on. Um, in terms of, you know, of course, the cases that are there, the deaths that we have, but also the amount of people recovering, um, the hot spot, uh, different things of that nature, so we can learn how to better track what's going on. Um, I mean, we've, we've called in the National Guard to help out with humanitarian efforts so we can relieve some of the stress off our first responders and uh, some of the other people that are essential workers. Uh, but I think the, the biggest thing right now is really just tapped into all our uh, folk who are, you know, in the faith community, for example, or or everyone that's willing to get involved that can help out. Uh, with this you know from regular people to influencers on a major scale i just encourage people really to stay at home because um, i think right now although uh you know the covid's been around for a while and we've seen all these cases going up Um, i think since we're testing people at such a uh accelerated rate now that's why we're seeing the cases fluctuate um you know even higher than where they are before uh, so i'm i'm quite sure that we're at a, a position right now where we actually um have quite a, a large bit of the population affected by um, coronavirus. And so I think the biggest thing really is helping people uh, keep in mind that, you know, it's not a death sentence, but the reason we're asking everyone to shelter in place basically is so we can, you know, kind of stop the spread from occurring any further. Uh, so that's, I mean, those are really the biggest thing. But I think that the most important part is really that data piece, uh, trying to figure out how do we track it. Um, and of course we know it's happening to black people because traditionally we've been, um, the victims of environmental injustice, uh, you know, of criminal justice of, of job discrimi- discrimination, all these different things. So, you know, when you have essential workers, people who are exposed, uh, those are usually our jobs, these remote, um, jobs and, you know, all these things that allow you to work from home traditionally aren't available in our community. And so I think we've, we've been exposed at an alarming rate and it's been affecting us, taking a great toll on us. That's why it's so important for us to, uh, get these business resources and, expand unemployment and all these health benefits of this so we can really um, increase some assistance to people in our community.
4: Wow. You know, I'm very proud nephew. When I see you, you wear many hats. You're uh, one of the reservers. you're a reserve police officer, you're a state representative, you're very active in your church, you know, and when I look at many of the, uh, police officers and first responders and nurses and doctors that are becoming infected, uh, becoming positive, and, you know, I'm looking at our community, how some people are, they have the understanding, others out there, and they're giving them a hard time. Now, I don't care if the person is black, white, green, purple, or yellow. If you're out there and a police officer is asking for your information, there's a video that just went viral, and I was very embarrassed. Uh, you know, the young man, some of them, you don't have a right to, have to know my name. He said, I need to know your name. Just write it down before we start to win. And the guy him, mm-hmm. you don't have a right to do this. You know? So when he pulled him out of the car, he went to fight with the man, police officer, and they were videotaping. Now, if it were me in that response, I probably would have arrested all of them or pepper sprayed them. or you know. And I'm thinking, right. why would anybody make it even more difficult? In our community, sometimes we hear something, and
6: mm-hmm. we think
4: that we have rights that go beyond the rights that we truly have.
6: Correct.
0: Right. And
4: and when, and when you have black officers uh, that are out there that have their black families at home, you know, you don't make it any better if you make it difficult for his partner or for him in order to even give you a pass.
6: Right. If you right.
4: don't have a, a, a valid reason for being out there, why do you have your ass out there in the first place? A car right. full of people, you know, just riding around. All of you guys are not riding around to go to the store because there would be no woman <laughs> to call for the food. You know, right. <laughs> so so I, I really need to get the message out to our people that you know this is real. Uh, people are dying, and let's have a little respect for the people that are putting their lives on the line, so that when you do dial nine one one, there's right. someone there to
7: respond. Fact, you know, fact,
8: and, uh, and I and I think that's I mean that's that's critical. I even was just talking to the governor the other day, and I know she forwarded the info to her team. and I was talking to some folk in the law enforcement community about. Of course, you know we're talking about hazard pay for essential workers. Because uh, I mean, from everyone, because we even just had a, you know a bus driver um, in Detroit had had the story. He got on, made a a video about you know people getting on the bus and coughing and really just um, disregarding the social distancing measures that were you know put into place and whatnot. He actually ended up dying you know a few days later. And then you have your the folks in your law enforcement like you're saying, who are kind of at a disadvantage because. Uh, for stops or, or some kind of check-ins that just happen to go bad and they happen to run into it or, or from anything else. Um, I know we're, we're talking about hazard pay. We're talking about um, allowing coronavirus to be a job-related illness and does happen so we can actually take care of these families because a lot of people um, who are losing you know, their, their their husbands or wives or their children and whatnot um, who are on the front line doing good work for us, uh, it's essentially nothing set up really to – to really support that family after um, that person uh, is deceased after they pass away. And so I think that's something else that we're trying to do to figure out how can we really uh, make families whole in the event that something terrible happens uh, to one of their loved ones.
4: I just said, wow. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you're there thinking. I'm glad that we have the opportunity to have you to represent us as a community Nephew, uh, they're representing law enforcement, representing um, us as human beings, and I'm hoping that this situation will bring us together as a human race, right? Right. And 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 let's stop being separate, stop seeing everyone as a foreigner when we're all foreigners to this country, correct? You know. And uh, so let me ask you this. When there was this misnomer that the that the National Guard was coming down uh oh, lock everybody up, <laughs> women and female cats
0: how right. how
6: are you able
4: as a uh, uh as a, a reserver, how are you able to get information that's not true? Uh to bust
8: up some of these myths uh, the conspiracists that are out there? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, I, I have no shame in telling anyone what I do. And so I'm very transparent with, with the different roles that I wear. So, uh, you know, many times when people were hearing about stuff, I was getting, a, a, I was inundated with messages, quite frankly, of them sending me, you know, the, the propaganda flyers and posts and just asking me, hey, is this really true? And so I think since people realized, you know, the positions I was in, they said, hey, you know, I, I think you was a part of national guard. Let me check with him. You know, he's, he's on the state. He's with the state. Let me check with him. And so that was one way I was able to kind of intercept some of these messages and cut them off before, you know, they became a big thing. But I think at any given point in time with social media and the way that word travels so fast, because I was even getting messages the night before we had our uh, stay at home uh, policy going in place. They're talking about, hey, lock your lock your windows and doors at 1140. Helicopters are going to be, you know, flying around, releasing, uh, disinfectant in the, in the atmosphere. And and I think just uh, so many times the thing is to help us stay calm. Um, like you said, you know, we got to be optimistic. We're going to get through it. It's serious for sure. People are actually dying. Um, but if we actually just pay attention, utilize common sense, and just do what we know we need to do, um, to live, I think that will be fine. Um, and, and just kind of trying to discredit some of these fallacies that people fall into so many times. You know, on social media, uh, it, it's, it's just like the scams that happen to some of you know our our senior citizens sometimes or, or other people that might be susceptible to it. Uh, I think the key really is just preparing for some of these things. Uh, so when some of this propaganda, some of this false information comes out, people are already familiar with it saying, hey, uh, this can't be Troy Dahl. Um, and so we're going to discredit right now we're going to stop it make sure we're not um the folks that's pre- spreading it and i think that was kind of a campaign that we started um through word of mouth the same way that the word got out um about all this false information we had to do the same thing to make sure that we retracted um that narrative to make sure people weren't super concerned because uh, like you know even in detroit we had the, the riots in 67 68 uh when the national guard came in and so when people heard about the national guard coming in especially some of our you know, more seasoned citizens, they were thinking about, man, I've I've been through this before. I'm never gonna forget that barrel that was stuck in front of my face by one of the National Guardsmen in Detroit for no reason at all. So we had to do a lot to make sure that when we made the statements about the National Guard coming in for a humanitarian efforts, um that was gonna be nothing like that. You know, we even taking steps to um get different uh to basically modify the uniform, um, and make sure the soldiers aren't carrying any weapons, just so people can kinda see that they're here simply to help, not to harm.
6: Wow.
4: Um, so the, the NAACP, uh had a teleconference, and uh, the teleconference was more than 17,000 people. And I was really, really elated to be a part of it because uh, the, the speaker of the house was born. Uh, many of the... Uh, the people that have information regarding the stimulus from the Treasury Department. They have people on from CDC.
2: um,
4: And they're going to be having a conference call every Wednesday. Mm
8: -hmm.
4: And uh, so I definitely want to get that to you, which I just sent to you. Uh, It's BET and the NAACP. Um, The uh, Congressional Black Caucus Chairperson uh, Karen Bass from Los Angeles, Congresswoman, was very instrumental in putting many of us that are on the front line, the churches and the, the, the uh, agencies that are working uh, with those individuals, those seniors, those veterans, those homeless people, to make us a part of the call as well so that information can be disseminated to us to be disseminated into the community. But right. one of the things that, that hit me is when she said, listen, many of the congresspersons who were on this phone, they can't go out and be a part of the frontline work because they're in their 80s.
8: Right, right.
4: So it's time for us to enlist those individuals whom are going to be replacing us, the millennials. And the Correct. first thing we thought about was you. Um okay. And, uh, you know, when they had said, well, Mr. Jones is on, I thought, uh-oh, uh, there go my nephew. And they said, well, it's Van. <laughs> yeah. i like like, he, he does a lot of good work. But I, I, the first thing I did is when I got off, I contacted the former uh, regional director with the Justice Department, uh, CSR, and I said, listen, you guys need to get in contact with uh, my nephew, who is a state representative, uh, getting ready to go on his third term. Um, we need to have young millennials involved in, in doing this because it's one thing for you all to get on and tell us about what happened in the forties. I'm being facetious, but mm. it's another thing for the young people to come on and tell us what we have to do to get in contact and to communicate with the young people today. That's one of the things that Bernie was able to do is, you know, they set him up Um to have the Black Lives Matter to attack him, but he ended up make right. friends with him. And before you know it, he had the millennials as his, his, his soldiers. Sorry. So I, I would like to know what can we do uh, to pass the baton to your generation so that you all can not only deal with this, but be ready and prepared. On your social medias, Uh, you have a lot of followers. You have a lot of people that are listening to you. We're going to have Riza on the show later on tonight. And, um, you know, he has a lot of followers. So we're trying to make sure that uh, we turn the platform over to you so that you all can address those most paramount issues. Are you still a part of the Young Millennials? Yes. Great. Great. Well, I'm going to let you close out. Tell me, is there anything that you – you want any website you want to send people to? Is there any information that you all uh, can can give to California residents of what you all have done there
8: to try to sustain? So I mean, and just to just to respond a bit to your 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 first uh, statement and question about what folks can do to pass the time, I think the key really right now is just um being able to empower folks. Um and, and be able to give us different opportunities. I think the the biggest thing right now is just uh that so many people are left out of the conversation. And so we have to get back into that mindset of meeting people where they're at. And so just just, you know, taking some, some time to do our due diligence, get in the community, uh, meet the folks that are the you know, the superstars and some of our um, uh, you know, young people that's up and on on their way. I think if we can reach back and pull them up, um and support them in, in, in you know, whatever way. It makes sense. I think that would probably be the biggest thing in terms of passing the torch. Um, but, I mean, beyond that, what we've done here, uh, as I'm sure everyone is doing across the nation, uh, we've set up different hotlines. We, ha- you know, we have something called 211, which is a dial-in hotline with the United Way um, that basically uh, condenses all the resources into one area. And we have you know, people sitting at the phones to help connect people in the local communities, whatever resources, you know, from shelter to food to...
0: Uh,
8: to a plethora of different things. And so um, that's one thing, but I think the key right now is really just getting back to that mindset of, of living in the community, You know, checking in on your neighbors, on your people, making sure everyone's good um, and intact. I would say that's the biggest thing we can do right now, um, aside from staying in, staying home, uh, and making sure, you know, just because we're supposed to be at home doesn't mean you shouldn't go outside. Definitely go outside and apply to breathe some fresh air in, um, but while you're doing that, check in on your people. I'll just make sure they're good. Uh, and I mean, that's about all I got. Thank you very much. Matt.
4: I appreciate you and love you. Care yourself and call me if you need anything.
8: I uh, love you too. Take care. I'm in there. Peace. Peace.
4: So we're going to continue with our um, information that we are given to you. We hope that you can uh, find uh, the necessary peace within yourself to help you get through this. You know, they used to say um, that when you lock a person in a cell by themselves, they go stir crazy or they become that genius that they were always supposed to be because, you know, unfortunately when you're stuck with yourself, (laughs)
0: you
4: you get to smell, see, feel everything that you are doing and that you get to see who you are. And uh, some of us don't like that. Some of us like it very well, that we embrace it. So um, take this time to do some self-reflection, to make yourself the best person that you can be. And more importantly, um, get through this. Get through this. Uh, We hear a lot about uh, the people that are dying. But we don't hear a lot about the people that are living through it. You can live through this. You have the will, you have the the, the desire to stay, Uh, use your common sense, listen to the advice of the old uh, wise men and women that have lived through something, you can get through it. Or you could take that doomsday approach, well, we all, woe is me, woe is me. You know if you have asthma you know if you have low self uh, uh, low immune system you know if you have some of the things that are precursors to to having pneumonia don't get out there don't allow people around you take care of yourself uh, but uh <clears throat> please know that there's no sky gonna open up and no blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus is going to come flying down to save you. You're going to have to save yourself. You're going to have to save your family. You're going to have to do the things that are necessary to be around if you want to be around. Other than that, yeah, I guess you can lay down and say, it got me. You know, it got me. Uh, for those who don't believe that you can die from it, uh, my brother, my brother passed away a few years ago with regular pneumonia. You know, he was a diabetic. He allowed himself to get sick. And he had a less than normal wife that uh, didn't see that he got to the hospital in time. And um, you can die from regular pneumonia. So you definitely can die from this. Take your, your boosters. Take your vitamin C, your vitamin D. You know, and just because you're not supposed to be out in the public doesn't mean you can't go in your backyard and get some vitamin D sun when the sun is out. Doesn't mean that you can't uh, get on your treadmill or get on your bike and and get a good sweat. You know, your lungs need to work. And anything that you can do to make, um, you know, that pain, uh, it works. Exercise yourself. Exercise yourself. Uh, What can I say? Can I say? So um, we have um, the president of the Los Angeles City Council, Herb Wesson. Uh, Just gonna be calling in pretty soon here.
7: Uh,
4: Herb is the emeritus president to the Los Angeles City Council, and soon to be our next supervisor for the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors in the great city of Los Angeles, County of Los Angeles. And there we go.
3: Hello, how are you, Bishop?
4: Hello, President. I'm fine. I'm fine. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
3: Well, you know, uh, hanging in there and working hard, trying to make uh, uh, things easier for as many people as possible.
4: Mr. Speaker, uh, you have so many hats that you have worn. And when I look at you um, and I see you out there slinging boxes of food, doing <laughs> what you did 20 and 30 years ago, you've been in the game for a long, long time working in, in, in the field and helping people. Um this is different than anything that we've been through before. True. Um, what, 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 I'm just going to open up the mic to you. You tell me what you're doing, how you're doing it, and and what should we be doing?
3: Well, a couple of things I'll just bring up. You know, earlier on when, it, when this uh, crisis first began, there were individuals on social media and the Internet suggesting that uh, this virus Did not affect uh, African Americans. And I just want to say that that is totally untrue. When you look at statistics from across this country, you will see that we are being adversely affected the most in some states. Louisiana, the uh, death rate, or 70% of the people that have died Uh, are African-Americans. In the city of Chicago, where you have less than a third uh, African-American population, but yet 72% of the people have died. So for the African-Americans and other people of economically challenged areas, they need to realize that we are at risk. We need to take this seriously. We need to take care of ourselves. Wash your hands. Stay indoors, wear a mask, you know, do the things that you have to do to uh, keep yourself healthy. So that's one thing that is important. We need to dispel that myth. I don't know uh, if if you'd heard that, but that is a big issue. I definitely heard it and I definitely
4: uh, got right on the air and started telling them, uh, you know, uh, people that I knew that were in. New York, that were African American, that did have it, were positive, and some of the doctors that uh, I know um, that passed away from it. You know, uh, we have a network in in, um, uh, Houston uh, and and New York and California of doctors, black doctors that have been working on front lines. As you know, for many years, you work with with the doctors over at MLK and at Augustus Hawkins and over at Drew, you know, and uh, so... Uh, we, are be- we have been able to try to dispel that.
3: And yeah, uh, that's just-
4: important that we keep
2: doing that, Bishop.
3: It's so <laughs> important. Yes, sir. What are some of the other things that you think that we should be doing right now? Well, uh, one we- thing that's important, another thing that's important is, you know, we prior to this crisis, we had our homeless crisis. So we need to make sure we do everything that we can so that we don't increase uh those numbers that's why in the city of los angeles we're working with uh, tenants and landlords to make sure that uh, the the tenants have a 12-month cushion in which they can pay if they get behind in their rents a lot of leases call for only one or two individuals to be in the house we have altered that so that during this crisis, if you need to bring your, your mother to live with you and her dog, you can do that and not be in violation of of your your lease. So we've got to do everything that we can to try to keep from adding to the individuals that are on the, the street. And, and this is the time for all of us, you know, we live in basically the the city of angels or the county of angels. It's time for us to find our inner angel and do the best that we can to help others. That's why I've been doing it. If I was in front of you, I'd salute you for all of the work that you're doing to help not just veterans, but anyone in need. Uh, Today, I just had a diaper giveaway of over Mm -hmm. 200,000 diapers. I've done that that twice we're close to a half a million diapers that we've given to you know uh, families that uh, have lost their jobs. So many people are are out of work. We've been feeding seniors, and and at least that makes my heart feel good because under situations like this, it either brings out the best in you or brings out the worst in you. I've been seeing a lot of our best. You know, I, I am. I want to applaud you. I want to salute you. Um,
4: I, I don't. We don't have uh, very many uh, African American leaders in our community that are even out. Uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm one of the ones that always call people on the carpet. When I mean out, I mean even, even concerned um, enough to be out doing what you're doing. I see you out feeding the people. This is not, you know. Uh, a, a photo op. You're out there because you care. You always have been there. And you're the first that we can call and say, what do we do? And the first thing is, what do you need? Well, how can I help you? Well, we need true, authentic leadership now. We need, as Mary Hennings used to say back in the day, we need the real, the real stuff. And I'm glad that you would take the time and put the people first. I I, I can't tell you how how it hurts my heart when we get to the door and we're giving a box to a disabled veteran or a senior citizen yeah. and you look around and you see the pictures of family members and, and, you, and you wonder, where are they? Why aren't they taking care of the seniors? I see these nuts running up and down the road, driving crazy, and but they're not out to help. They're just out because they're out. And I keep telling people, stay at home. If you're not yeah. out helping people,
3: you know, you shouldn't be out you, at all. You
4: should not be out at all. Then we have these, these other uh, 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 crazy people arguing and fighting with the police about you can't do this to me and I have a right. And the police is telling them, listen, man, you're not even supposed to be out here. You're not going to a store. You're not you give, me, give me a name of a company that you're working for or, or anything. I want to let people know we care about our police officers. We care about our doctors and our nurses that are dying on the front lines just as much as we care about you. Yes. So if you're not a part of the solution, stay at home.
3: Well, that would make things safer for everyone. I mean, the, the, the life that you lose might, might be your own, or <laughs> it could be of somebody that you really love you right. know, because you're ripping and running the streets. You may give something to your grandmother or right. to your aunt who helped raise you. And so right. we do need to be uh, very, very uh, careful. And and for me, you know, I've been blessed. I've had some phenomenal jobs and some phenomenal titles uh, in, in my professional career. But I have always been just a very ordinary guy. I know what it's like. To sit around the kitchen table trying to figure out how you're gonna pay your bills I know what it's like to live on the margins so that's why I feel I have a responsibility to do what I can and I'm I, I'm just so pleased we have so many individuals that are are giving us products that we can give to the people so when when I'm out I'm out helping somebody if, if I you. don't have anything uh, to help someone with, then my butt is at home. Okay, and yes, I'm going stir crazy, and I'm watching crazy things on television. <laughs> but I, when I'm not, when I'm not on the phone, you, you know, when I'm not working, I am in my house uh, with my wife and my two dogs. Well, we appreciate you, and we definitely
4: let Mrs. Weston know that we appreciate her sharing you with us, okay. even at this Thank time. You. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm out here in the streets. I'm out here uh, from Watts to Compton to Los Angeles to Carson to Long Beach uh, to Lo- uh, uh, Bellflower to Paramount. I, I I can see the people who are out here uh, helping. And yeah, you're it's everywhere. everywhere. But it, 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 it irritates me when I see the same people, you and others, the same people out helping. But I have these other people living in their Taj Mahal's talking about, they, they I talked to the governor. Well, good, I'm glad you talked to the governor because the homeless are still homeless downtown LA and they're hungry and the people down in Watts are still needing things. And the people, like you said, the baby, nobody's thinking, they just grabbed all this toilet paper and all of the paper towel off the racks. And nobody was thinking about uh, 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 pampers. So I was glad to see you out there. The practical things that people need that they didn't get And now they need it. You were providing it. And I I just, you know, brother, I I, I have always honored you. I've always admired the way that you do things. And I remember uh, when they said that after Willie Brown, we would never have a black man to be the Speaker of the House again in the state of California.
3: And then there was you. Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) That's a blessing. It was a blessing from God or either a curse from the devil for the amount of work that I had to do. But I I believe that each and every one of us was placed on this earth to do something. And my job is to try to help. I'm here to try to serve. And um, that's why I exist. And yes. it is an honor to do that. It, you know, and speaking of Compton, we gave away, uh, 20, uh, I think, close to 35,000 Pampers in in Compton and the unincorporated area
0: you. in Com-
3: Compton today. So That's we're the doing problem. the best we can yeah. to try to help.
4: Yes, you are. Um, now, 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 Mr. President, I, I know that you, are a very modest person and you don't toot your own horn. There's some yeah. issues right now where our people are saying um, you know, this, this $1,200 or
0: $600, they
4: don't know how long this situation is going to last. And you have been on the phone, you have been fighting, not only for the people not to be evicted from their home, but you've been doing a lot of things that that's under just to be able to help our, help the people. Right? The poor people. Yes. Um,
3: what can we do to help you help us? You well, know, well, uh, that's a very good question, and I'm glad that <laughs> that you asked it. You know, we're out delivering food to seniors, and and these protective face masks, and Pampers, and diapers, and whatever we can. But as we're doing this, as we're trying to help people get by day to day, we've got to be thinking. Long term, so I've uh, uh, tried I've joined a movement, you know, called the People's Bailout, and what we're trying to do is to ensure that as the federal government keeps uh, uh, delivering on stimulus packages, that they do one where it is people focused. So what we're trying to do is to get Washington, D.C. to talk about something that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt-esque. Let us have jobs, government jobs with a livable wage and uh, health benefits, and let's come up with programs so that when we come out of this, That anybody that wants to work, that we can put them into some type of a government job where they're helping rebuild our infrastructure or helping to turn our economy to be a green economy. We need to talk about really creating public banks that are banks that are, are really people's banks. They're not banks that are in this banking business for profit. So, I think that as we day to day get through this crisis, we need to be preparing for the future when we come out of this economy. You know, I appreciate that there are going to be people that are going to get $1,000 checks and $1,200 checks, but that money will be. Gone in a blink of an eye So what we really need to do Is figure out a way For that want to work And give them real jobs At least on a temporary basis Wow Wow
4: That is That's important I was talking to my nephew Jewel Jones uh, uh-huh. in Down there in Detroit And he was talking to the governor last week And he told her um, that it was important. He's a police officer, uh, reserver. He is a uh, army reserver. Um, uh-huh. in his jobs. And he was saying that you know it's important now that they had so many police officers and so many doctors and nurses in New York to die from this. That there's the legislation that will take care of these the people's family. That if they die from this virus, that it is a work related. uh, Death and their families can be taken care of because if there's nothing in legislation, then of course,
9: who's going to take care of them?
4: So that's something that I I definitely want to make sure that uh, Governor Newsom, uh, when he's uh, talking to you and asks you, what do you what do you think? That we put that on the
3: table because I hadn't thought about it, but it is something to think about. You know, we had our first. Go ahead. You know, you know what, Bishop. (laughs) It's the situation that we're in right now, not just in this country, but in the world, that the whole planet, it's as if we are at war. It's no bombs, no bullets, but it's as if we are at war. So when you're talking about frontline responders, police, fire, uh, medical personnel, and I would take it farther out than that, you know. The grocery workers are frontline, you know, responders. They they come in contact with hundreds and hundreds of people a day. The, the the bus drivers, the truck drivers, but at a time of war, they used to have something called hazard pay. We may want to look at some kind of hazard pay for these individuals that are out there, uh, you know, keeping us safe. Making sure that uh, we have the essentials that we need to live. Like you and I at the beginning of the program, we were just saying, okay, now, if you can stay home, stay home. But a grocery worker can't. They got to be on the job. They're going to see a thousand people. Doctors can't. They're going to be on that job. They're going to see whoever comes in and nurses and the clerical staff and everything. So these people, uh, even though their uniforms may look different, they are
0: soldiers
3: in this fight to save the planet. And um, uh, I do think I agree with you that we should look at some form of hazard pay or bonus because they deserve it. Yes, yes.
4: See, that's that's, that's why we have you as a leader. Let me ask you this, sir. Yes. You you go all the way back. You go all the way back in terms of, of, of when we start looking at uh, the leaders that we knew um, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. What do you see different now? We have more blacks uh, in the uh, California state legislature. We have more blacks as uh, elected uh, to Congress. But it seems as though we have less um, political liquidity. It, it's it's like um the conversations around us are minuscule. Um everybody's talking about if what we need to do to get Mr. Biden elected, but uh uh-huh. I, I wanna know what should we be asking for uh from the vice president that he's going to choose, what should we be asking for the party? What should we be asking for? You know, if we don't have people like you at the table, then we probably
9: won't even get anything.
3: Well, I I appreciate the compliment, but I I can't say enough about the colleagues uh, that I serve with. But the reality of the situation is every elected official is different. Every elected official has uh, different, different styles but I believe that we have uh, brilliant, uh, operative, elected officials at every level of government in every state. I think that what we need to do is come up with an agenda right. that, that that helps uh, put us on uh, at least a slightly more equal playing field. Okay. Earlier in your program, you and I spoke about the percentage of, of, of individuals that are of color that are dying. And I'm telling you, if African Americans are right up there at the top of the list, you can bet your bottom dollars right with us or right below us are Latinos as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I would believe the reason why our numbers are higher is because of a failed health system that has inequities or disparities where it relates to the treatments of people that come from poor areas and individuals that look like you, that look like me, and that look like the Latinos in this country. One of the things that I would like to see us push for, because everybody is looking at this virus, everybody's going to see the statistics that say that black people are, are high, dying at a disproportional rate. They're dying at that rate because the health system, the public health system, has failed them. So let's change the the health system to make sure that we have the kind of preventative care that individuals from other parts of town have. Let's make sure that as we're bailing out this country, we recognize the reason why this is the greatest country, even with our flaws and we're not perfect. The reason why this is the greatest country is because of the people. So let's do something to help the people when this is over, give them a doggone job. Yeah. Do what do President Franklin Delano Roosevelt did. Now, did it change everything? No, but it inspired this country. It provided hope, and that's what we're going to need when we begin to find ourselves coming out of this crisis.
4: I know that um, we don't have
3: but a few more minutes with you, so let me say this. Yeah.
4: Um, I noticed that you've always been healthy. You've always been this little thin, in shape guy that could run track, run circles around people, and that's one of the problems that we have in the black community is that we're not eating healthy. And it took my nephew going vegan to even really make me realize what bad meat was doing sitting in my body for so long. We have to have, start a narrative where we talk about good health, you know, and that
3: starts with good public health where you yeah. have regular checkups, where right. your your doctor can tell you the types of things that you, I mean, all of us can eat just about anything. You just have to do it in moderation. You can't have these ridiculous portions. You know, what, what I did, I lost 12 pounds uh, you know, based on advice from my doctor. So I, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I have my weaknesses and things that I shouldn't do, but I try to have a balanced diet and watch what I eat. But that's something that our kids need to learn, you know, when they're in elementary school, it's Mm. much easier to teach them then than Mm. when they're 30, 40 years old and Mm. used to eating pork chops every day. Right. Well, you 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 said it right,
4: and I'm glad that you said it, because we're taught the bad habits. I remember getting the the, the uh, uh, cinnamon roll for lunch. Uh, I remember the cookies, uh, you know, chocolate chip cookies and, and peanut butter cookies that they
3: served at the school for lunchtime.
0: Yeah, um, I love
3: them. I love them, too. I man, was I, big old. I would dip them in milk. Boy, i get <laughs> the line real early, because if you got it the line early, they uh-huh. just came out of the oven, yes. and boy, mm-hmm. well, you dip that in some milk, and you could go to go to town. I I remember my my
4: my backpack having the the uh, peanut butter cookie stain. Whereas I put put it in my back pocket my backpack, and I just put the books on top of it, and it just made a stain. In it. I know. But, um, I know. <laughs> Doc, you were talking about the the giveaways that you've been doing in yes. throughout the communities. Um, and there has been, I want to thank uh, the, the California uh, Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, Elizabeth over there, who's given plenty of food away to the community. And I want to thank you and others that have gotten the governor and the legislature, the California legislature, to give them a great big grant so yeah. they could make that food available. Um, let's talk about the homeless for a moment. What can we do during this? This is a situation to help our homeless in downtown LA.
3: Well, I think the you know that that government and a lot of nonprofit agencies were were doing as much as they thought they could and thinking creatively to try to come up with ways to help uh, the, the homeless. I know that on my government office parking lot. I'm almost I've almost completed uh building a facility out of storage containers where I'll be able to house 18 uh women who are homeless that are survivors survivors of domestic violence and I'm excited about that but one thing that again this crisis has done it has shined a light on the uh homeless situation and number 1 the most important thing that we have to do is get a overwhelming consensus from the community that we want to solve this problem. And that's one thing that has been highlighted by this COVID-19 crisis. And I think me, moving forward, we will have more support from the residents of this city and this county, you know, and that is important. But we need to come up with ways when a, if an individual has a substance abuse problem and they're living on the street or they have a mental health problem and they're living on the street, sometimes they have both problems. When they come and ask for help, we need to be able to be in a position to give them help within 24 hours while while they are experiencing those moments of clarity and they ask for help when you tell them well come back on Wednesday at 10 o'clock I can help you their whole mindset might change by then so one of the most important things that we're going to have to do where it relates to the homeless is come up with a way to respond to their needs quicker when they ask for help the other thing that we have not focused a lot of attention on, and we're beginning to do, to do that now. We've gotta focus on stopping homelessness before it starts. Individuals that are having problems keeping their homes or apartments, that's where we need to come up with grants and no interest loans and low interest loans and then give them some counseling to help them straighten out financially. That's where a real jobs program comes in where people make a livable wage and have health insurance. That's how you keep people in their homes. But I'm I'm just I'm praying and I'm hopeful that this crisis will help build the army of support that we need so that we can build locations for them to stay sprinkled throughout the county of Los Angeles and give them the services that they need.
4: Thank you very much.
3: God bless you and I'll be back in touch. Well, God bless you and thank you for all you you're doing and thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Okay, good night. Good night.
0: Welcome
4: to the show. We have uh, Mr. Reza Islam, my brother, my nephew. What's going on? Uncle,
9: how are you doing, sir? All is well, man. i uh, just doing um, you know, my best at this time to bring solutions to the people. So how's everything going with yourself?
4: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Passing out food, doing everything that we can to make this thing uh, work for our people. Give them food and water and juice while they're on lockdown. The seniors and the veterans and the disabled veterans, the Those are in our communities, we have to take care of them.
9: Absolutely, as you always do.
4: So I've been seeing you out there. You've been giving a lot of knowledge. You've been dropping a lot of knowledge on social media. I want to give you a little opportunity to drop some knowledge on the Ombudsman Press Show. Tell us what you got. What's going on?
9: Absolutely. The first thing that everyone should know is that the primary thing that we need to focus on is keeping our immune systems strong. At this time, uh, the vast majority of people who are spreading information, they are spreading a large amount of misinformation due to fear, as well as due to a lack of actual facts being given by the mainstream media as well as some of the alternative media so you want to make sure that your immune system is strong that is the number one thing that is the facts when it comes to this that way you don't have to be scared or afraid or you know kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off because that's what they're promoting is so much fear 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 which at the end of the day the overall purpose is to push mandatory vaccinations so uh, doing things that keep the immune system strong like steaming taking high levels of vitamin C, lots of water, exercise. You want to break up the mucus that's in the body because that's what this does, is it hardens the mucus within the respiratory system. And the information that I received came directly from a whistleblower who works between Emory Institute and the CDC. And they told me that this is a mixture of the COVID-19 or coronavirus-19 and a mixture of SARS. So this is a SARS coronavirus Mixture and that it hardens and crystallizes the mucus. So, the major thing you want to do is heat up the internal um, temperature of the body by drinking hot soups, inhaling steam with essential oils like eucalyptus, etc., and stay away from mucus forming foods, fried foods, and lots of dairy. Stay away from that stuff. Take lots of ginger,
0: uh, elderberry,
9: black seed oil, colloidal silver. You want to take all these different types of things to keep the immune system up. And you'll be perfectly fine, you know, clean the air around you with sage and incense, keep the air purified, get as much exercise and cardio as possible being solved and keep it down, especially when it comes to the black community.
4: So you say you talked to a whistleblower. Yes. You've been in communication with people to know that you know this is not, this is warfare. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about that.
9: Absolutely. Well, first thing people really want to understand and, and know at this time is though this popped up, supposedly, this is not the first strain of the coronavirus. The coronavirus is a family of viruses. The coronavirus itself has existed well over 40 years. Corona itself means crown because of how it looks under a microscope. But it existed for over the last 40 plus years. And this is the newest, most mutated strain of the virus and even though it popped up certain people are saying in china china japan and korea are all saying that it started in america in one of the laboratories which is the united states bioweapons division laboratory at fort detrick maryland is what they are saying but that is a, a bioweapons division laboratory in america that has created certain viruses before so the likelihood of it popping up there is not too far-fetched it's not a you know far off idea But that has not been confirmed. So it went from China through Iran and it hit Iran. And then, of course, it hit Italy. These are all connected because America went to Iran to get the 55 billion barrels of oil there and tried to have agreements to get that because we all know that America needs lots of oil. But again, China had investments in Iran and so did Italy, as well as Russia. But recently, Donald Trump had discussions with Vladimir Putin in Russia, and they kind of resolved some issues. But China, Italy, and Iran were not necessarily having good agreements with America. So for this to pop up in China, it's very interesting. And it's also very interesting how to get rid of certain people in China, get rid of certain people in Iran, and get rid of certain people in Italy. All of that would actually bring a high advantage to the West. Or to, the, to the United States and bring an advantage in getting oil and having business advancements in Iran towards that oil. So, I'm just these are just things that we have to connect. And a bioweapon is something that can be used and has been used constantly by America for foreign nations and by other nations towards other nations as well. Um, it's one of the best and easiest ways that you can invade a territory without them looking at it as an invasion by a foreign power, other than looking like some uh, mutated form of nature, something that happened by nature or by happenstance when it was created and strategically injected at a certain period of time. So that is definitely a fact, which is this is not some happening of nature entirely. Nature is a part of it, but nature is not the only factor in it. And that's something that people really want to know also is to pay attention to how they use these things and at the times they use them in, but now it's backfiring. Just like we were taught, you know, by Minister Farrakhan that, you know, they may plan things that are wicked, but Allah plans and Allah is the best of planners. God will always use something for his glory and he will use something to do what, what is towards his agenda, even though those who are evil and wicked have their own. So that's what we're witnessing now is America falling slowly, but surely the government, not the people, but this government because of the wickedness that they have been planning to do for a very long time. Yes.
4: So what can the people do, do you think, um, to stay alive and to be able to withstand right now under the circumstances that we're in?
9: Very good question. I'll say very easy solutions. Number one, they're all of a sudden saying that this is a – disease or virus that is attacking Black people, which I find very interesting seeing how in less than 48 hours they're saying it's affecting us more than anyone else when it was just taking out Italians, you know, to the tunes of hundreds within hours, but that's fine. They're saying it's it's a disease that mainly affects us. I don't believe that, but for those in the Black community and all other communities, number one, you want to stay away from fast food as much as possible because those are contributing to the is our underlying medical condition. The diabetes, as Dr. Fauci was saying, the hypertension, asthma, all these different things, fast food is contributing to those conditions which are being exaggerated and are being played upon by the virus. So we're not being infected more than anyone else, but when we do get infected, the likelihood of, of it taking us out is high because of our overall medical condition that already exists. So we have to get rid of fatty foods, get away from lots of dairy, get away from most meats. So most fast food, get away from that. We have to drink a lot more water, take high every day get more ginger in what we're eating and what we're drinking. We want to do steaming. So you can get a pot of water, boil it, put a few drops of eucalyptus oil in it, put a towel over your head, and inhale deeply into the lungs so that it can liquefy the mucus. And when it, when it comes up, cough it up and spit it out. Don't swallow it, anything like that. Blow it all out of your body because the heat on the inside in the respiratory system will break up the mucus and it won't survive. The other thing is you want to take high levels of minerals. So you want to get sea moss capsules or the sea moss itself, and you can boil that and you can eat it like noodles. Uh, you also want to get bladder rack, which will give you the other 10 minerals. That gives you all together. Sea moss and bladder rack will give you the full 102 minerals that the body needs. You also want to get colloidal silver, droids, viruses. That's another major thing. Black seed oil. You want to get elderberry. Uh, I recommend everyone start to make lime, ginger, hibiscus tea. Very easy method to do. You can just Google that, how to make lime, ginger, hibiscus tea. Extremely high in vitamin C. Extremely high in uh, fighting against cancer and all these. uh, It breaks down the mucus and it pretty much burns and liquefies it. So you want to do that. Cardio exercise. Get a lot of cardio exercise. Drink anywhere between half a gallon to a gallon of water a day. You want to make sure you stay away from any of the processed foods as much as possible. Um, drink, uh, eat lots of fruits at this time, especially melons and berries, lots of melons and berries. And I know we're, we're in the hood, so if you have food stamps, go shopping and get higher quality foods with the same food stamps. All right, don't, don't trip on going to the grocery store and getting all the regular, you know, crap that we eat. Now is the time for us to take our health into consideration and to really become, you know, those who control our destiny as far as what we eat, because it is our mouth that they have been using to kill us. So now we have to use what we know and change the way we eat and change the way we live so that we can actually survive. Also, look after the elders, start to give more soups to the elders, hot soups vegetable broths. If they eat chicken, give them chicken broth, soups, um, and make sure you put paprika, cayenne, pepper in the soups that you eat, turmeric powder that breaks up all the mucus. There's so many things, you know, that, that we can do. And last but not least, of course, make sure the air is purified around you. Get sage, burn lots of sage and incense that have essential oils in them that will kill the bacteria within the air and get outside to get a good 30 to 45 minutes of fresh air a day. In L.A. right now, the air is cleaner than I've seen it in probably the last 20 years. So the air is very clean outside. Get as much fresh air as possible, so that way you'll have the less likelihood of anything happening and keep fresh air flowing through the house or through the apartment, and we should all be good.
4: You know, you spoke about the narrative. One time there was a narrative that black people couldn't catch this. Then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden... You had people challenging that they could catch it. Now, you, you, like you said, they're, they're saying that the blacks are more prone to die from
7: it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: what, 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 what can, where can we go to get real, authentic information? That I believe that the millennials, these young people, I keep seeing out when I'm out feeding the, the disabled veterans and the seniors. I see these guys out driving around like there's nothing wrong, nothing's going on. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, man, this is dangerous. But where can we go? You know, besides social platforms, how can we communicate to them to let them know how important it is for them to be careful and to stay alive?
9: Absolutely. Good question. The thing is, now that there's been so much information going out and it's changed almost every day to where even the social media influencers, the rappers, the artists, the actors and athletes, they don't even know what to say. The vast majority. Now, I know anyone who follows my page, you know, I put the actual facts up there also with the people in this generation, which, you know, are in their 30s and younger in their 20s and in their teens. They follow my page where I make sure I give as many actual facts as possible. Um, the mainstream, we can't really listen to them because they're not really giving out actual facts. They keep changing everything. And uh, also for people who are saying that black people can't get it or that we're the number ones getting it. Dr. Fauci, who was the leading authority on this in the mainstream, he stated a clarification. He said, I'm not saying that black people are getting infected more with this. He said, I'm saying that when they do become infected, the likelihood of them dying from it is very high because of their pre existing medical conditions, which is the reason why they're ending up in the ICU. And then he said, hypertension, asthma diabetes etc he said those are the things that end them up in the icu so it's not the virus itself it's what we have already going on within our bodies what we're already dealing with so we have to keep our nutrition up for our nutrition up and for the young brothers and sisters who are out here you can go outside a little bit if you're exercising and stuff like that if you have to go get essential things food water you know health supplies of course if you need to go get those things for the house absolutely but i do recommend You stay by the house, whether it's in your front yard, backyard or in the house, because one, though the air is cleaner, this government is exaggerating certain things to where they're going to make it a problem. If they see too many of us outside and then they're going to bring down an order to send out, you know, the National Guard to send out, you know, to to order or put down an executive order, uh, for martial law, that's what we're playing with right now. So it's actually not just the virus. It's really if they keep seeing too much, too many of us out here, young brothers and sisters, you know, like like ourselves, they're going to use that as an excuse to tighten up on more rules and adjust more things and tamper with more of our freedoms. So we have to really be more responsible. Even if you want to go outside and all that, you just want to hang out, I feel you. But right now, we have to be close, you know, to being inside of our homes because you know, they're going to use this to do far more. So let's just be responsible.
4: I want to thank you for being on the show, now. It's always good to hear you. And when I see you in the videos, I, now that you're taller than me, I still remember you as a little kid, I'm thinking to myself, he started growing and he just never, he never stopped. Right. Just, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm just so proud. I was over um, at the Celebrity Center and over uh on, on Hollywood uh, getting the uh, Way to Happiness. And um Lots of people asked about you uh, when I'm over at the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. They always ask about you. Not I tell them, oh, he's a big-time guy now. <laughs> 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 you guys are going to have to go to a booking agent to get him to come and speak now. Oh, and man. Really, I know you only had a few minutes, so I, I want to just thank you for calling in. I'll stay in touch with you, and we'll put your website, uh, we'll put your social media on our website so that uh, our blog talk uh, uh, followers, our, our young people can, can tune in to you, too. Thank you for bringing you. You know, light in a light, a beacon of light in the darkness for our young people, and you definitely have stepped up as a youngster. And I know that Reverend Johnson is really, really proud of you, son.
9: Absolutely, I, you. I appreciate you, John. Love you.
4: Love you more too. Thank you. More. Wow, we're we I mean, you're talking about a all-star slam. You know, uh, we've had guests that that have have given you the information that we think is most paramount to you surviving during this time. Uh, we, I mean, we just, we're going to just keep doing it because that's what we have to do. And, uh, I don't know how, uh, some people get along with it, but, um, I think that it's important that, uh, we give the people a little something to live for. We've talked to the young people, we've talked to the the politicians, uh, we've talked to uh, around this problem. I hope that you pay attention and you follow uh, some of the advice, the good, saged advice uh, that will get us through this thing. Um, It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. Um, so, what have we been doing? What have we been doing? Um, we've been doing the best that we can do. Um, taking care of our parts. What's going on, Neff? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right.
4: Now, you are a vegan... And you have been eating very healthy for the last how many three years now? They can't hear
6: you.
2: Almost four. Almost
6: four.
4: Um, because of your changing your eating app, uh, your your eating profile, do you think that your body uh, is talking to you differently than those individuals who are still eating beef and pork and and uh, their diet? fried foods, fast foods. Do you think that many of the African Americans that have become positive, the reason why they're dying is because they're not healthy? 100%. 100%. And what do you think about this notion that
2: uh, a vaccine would help the people?
4: Would you take a vaccine?
2: No. I wouldn't take any vaccine. I don't take any shots. So
4: Tell me about your diet. Tell me what you eat that makes you healthy.
2: Um, I start my day off with my basic protein shake, 30 grams of protein. Um, From there, I continue to have just my basic uh, beans, some type of protein for our beans, go, fruit, things like that to snack on, a lot of nuts, different almonds, uh, peanuts, cashews, whatever type of nuts then uh, I'll have a meal that will consist of something that just has high protein in it uh, mixed vegetables things like that after my meal I'll have my vitamin pills which consist of ginger, raw ginger turmeric green tea apple cider vinegar and a CKLS pill, and these are all the vitamins that I just take just throughout the day and just pound water, at least a gallon of water a day. Uh, I try to make sure I stay away from sugar, like soda, uh, different uses that's...
4: That
2: consists, that consists of a lot of sugar.
4: Yeah. You, you, you were able to tell me that some of the drinks I was drinking uh, consist of a lot of raw sugar uh, in the drink. Right. What, what what drink would you say have the most sugar that most people don't even know and they're drinking it on a, on an on average day? You know, just drink it because it, they think it's a cool drink to drink.
2: I think all of the fruit juice is fruit-type juice. Apple, like juice, apple grape juice, 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 grape juice. You see this thing that says 100% juice. Right. But then when you read the ingredients, it's different. Okay. So the juice... Is, a portray- is portrayed as being healthy and you can drink it and drink it, but that's just filled for sure. with sugar and syrup right. and, and it's, it's not healthy for you. So it's one of those things that best to just stay away from it.
4: Now, most people don't realize that gorillas are very strong, but they have a no meat uh, protein. They only eat vegetables. Right. Okay. So this misnomer that we eat meat for our protein. Uh, we're actually eating the the meat the animal ate grass and we're eating the animal and right. we're getting our protein from what he ate, right? We're second rate
2: protein. Right. So you can get your own protein the same way the animal that you're eating has protein. But instead, we've uh, convinced ourselves that it's better to eat um, second hand protein. So we eat beef, chicken, and all these other things, and we put lean on the package to Make you think you're eating healthier? We eat turkey. I think that's any different. Hmm. So you
4: also now that you can't go to the gym because of the the uh,
2: the situation that we're in, you think it's important to still exercise? Yes, we should. We should at least do some type of exercise every day. I mean, I I jump rope for 20 minutes, and then I do my basic. Drills that I would do in class. You think that
4: if you keep your lungs healthy, if you do contract this
6: virus, you can beat it.
2: Right. I, I, I agree 100%. Most people who are healthy, if you get this, you yeah. won't even know, them, and it'll fall right off of you. Yeah. But the people who are getting it, and they're dying, and they keep bringing them up, it's because they're unhealthy. You already is knocking on that door.
4: Right. So... In this situation, what advice would you give to millennials that are not uh, working, that are not uh, a first responder, that are, you know, that I keep seeing when I'm out feeding the people, when we're out doing, you know, this work that it seems like nobody wants to do, but we keep seeing these people driving by and partying, well, what advice would you give them?
2: First, if you're not out to help someone or family member or someone that needs the help, it's best to just stay out the way and just stay inside. And uh, definitely while you're inside and, you, and you're not traveling and, and, and going out and just doing uh, you know, random stuff, change up and watch your diet. And because even though you may not realize it, um, you're still not getting as much activity as you normally would. So by staying inside like this, if you keep your same eating habits, you're gonna come out that house a lot heavier and a lot, a lot more uh, uh, at risk of being captured by this uh, virus because your diet is just gonna be off. And you know, so check your diet, um, and don't wait till you get sick to take vitamins. They don't do anything um, to help you when they give you medicine once you already sick. You gotta get the stuff in your body before you get sick. So that way the the virus can't have an effect on you. Your body
4: can, your immune system is strong enough to beat it down and to allow you to survive. Well, there's another misnomer out there that black people are dying at an ever present rate. This is to kill. Well, we do know this is germ warfare warfare. And we do know that because you eat more fast food, you don't take care of your your body, many of you are prone to diabetes, many of you have been on, you know, some form of medication uh, for many, many, many years. We're asking you now to take care of yourself and take care of the elders in your community. If you don't have a grandmother, you don't have a grandfather, you don't have an elderly parent, you have a neighbor that is. Look out for them. Don't have them standing in the lines trying to get food and water when you can do. You can do it. You can buy two packs of water. Each person that go to the store, buy a pack for one for one of your neighbors that you know that are ill, that are old, and they can't get out and get it for themselves. Many of them couldn't even lift about the the, the the case of water. So, you know, this terrible terrible disaster only going to be exacerbated by us not working together and I've been asked am I afraid I will tell you this I was born to do what I'm doing right now and if I were to die doing it then I would be happy to know that I died doing what I was born to do Helping the people that can't help themselves. So I don't know what your goal in life is. not out helping people stay the hell at home and out of the way. Because it's very, very frustrating to see people driving slow, looking around, ducking and dodging, jumping in front of the cars. And you're not out there for no reason. Stay your ass at home and out of the way. Because... All you can do is drive the number up even higher. This is not, this is the real thing. People are dying and they're dying fast. And regardless to what you've heard, it's true. It could be you, Nick. Thanks for tuning in to the Unbuzzing Press Show. I'm your host, Bishop L.J. Gillery. I appreciate you. I will be back on Monday with the Marvelous Monday show with my co-host, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk
0: to you later. Blog Talk Radio.
7: I love it. I love the way the intro comes in for the show. I love it for the fact that I'm able to enhance and increase the level of the content that we're putting on the Government Talk Show. I am ecstatic that we have people like you that choose to tune in and listen, and some of you watch the show each and every week. It would not be a talk without someone listening to it, and so if you don't think I am, I want you to hear it from the horse's mouth. I am grateful for you tuning in and being a part of the Gumbo Talk Show with yours truly, the Gap Two Guru of Gumbo. Hey, Sierra, welcome to the show, and glad you're tuning in. Listen, if was anybody else they'd be lying to you when they said it. But you can see me here and you can hear me there and see me there that we are grateful to still be here. And we're pushing five years. It'll be five years and a few more weeks, June, the third week of June, it will be five years of doing the show live. And so Thank you, Sierra. Thank you, everybody out there listening. Let's see if we have anybody on the other, channel. Okay, not any on the other live of streams yet. But just know that those of you that watch this later, as we record live every Thursday at 8, we're grateful and we hope that something is said here that is not only pleasing to you, but even if it isn't, it's educational and informational and sometimes entertaining because tonight we need to take the edge off uh, on a heavy subject such as the one we're going to talk about. So just note this, that I'm going to post it here. Let me pull it down so I can post it here. The number, if you want to participate live, is 515-605-9375. And there it is. posted post it in the screen. If you would, you could Call in and have your voice heard and have a conversation with me. Trust me, I have enough uh, slits. I think it's 20 slots, slits, um, sections for people to come in and chime in on that line, and you'll be able to hear your voice, just like you hear my voice through Facebook and other mediums that we use, uh, in order to hear your voice on this particular topic. I'm hoping that my um, little baby sister... Um, tunes in tonight because I told her get her because She's an expert in politics uh, all across the country. So that's what we're going to do tonight and talk politics. So look, I know this is a topic that people run from. Okay, I know that it's hard to talk about it because there's so many different attitudes, there's so many different mores, thought processes, ideologies when it comes to politics in the world today, I'm, hopefully I can see the screen. It's I have a monitor that's this big in front of me, and hopefully I see it without my glasses. But when we talk politics, I think one of the things that I want to start off with before we go any deeper is try to take feeling out of being the first thing you think of when it comes to politics. As a matter of fact, feelings shouldn't be first in anything unless it's been tried and true, proven, so that you can let your guard down. What's going on, storyteller? I'm glad you're in there. Um, So that you can really grasp the concept of anything. So tonight, I ask you, to put your feelings at least second when it comes to what we're going to talk about in politics, maybe even third if you're a religious person. But let's put facts first. Let's put our faith in there and then feelings or your facts and your feelings, however you want to do if you don't have much in regards to the faith part. Having said that, When I talk about facts being first, when it comes to politics, you've got to understand that politics is about what can the collective do to enhance the individual, okay? I know that there was a statement made by John F. Kennedy that not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. We don't live in that type of world at this point. Everybody's goal when it comes to politics is not about the country or nation for the first and foremost part of their ideology when it comes to politics. Their first thing is, how am I going to be enhanced as a person? Now, that being said, facts is important because, first of all, You have to know who you are and where you stand in the nation that you live in. Give you an example. Outside of the United States, if you were to live in India, they have, in certain areas, a caste system. Now, when I say certain areas, I mean the whole country. But you know how they do in politics. They give you the pretty picture. And that's what I'm going to give you tonight, first and foremost, the pretty picture. So the people are in a caste system. You have several layers. Don't ask me the names of them. I used to know them. I don't keep up with that anymore because I don't live in India and that's none of my business. If you live in India, you know what I'm talking about. So you have people who are on the bottom that work jobs that maybe make up for the year. And then you have people who are ultra uber rich that have so much money. It's uncountable and they pretty much lead, right? Well, it's, becoming that way in the United States of America. And it may have been, some argue, that way for a very long time. But the particular thing I'm getting at is, it's an individual thing. I were in India, if I was born into a particular
0: caste,
7: a particular level of society, I would have to stay there. Here you can have the freedom of moving up, but we all know that certain people, no matter if you're Bill Cosby rich or Oprah rich, they're going to come after you, right? Remember how the cattle industry tried to take down Oprah? Because she made a remark about beef. You see what they did to Bill Cosby when he tried to buy NBC. Now I'm not negating the fact that this man may have drugged and took advantage of women. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to believe somebody so rich did that, but maybe, maybe it happened. I don't know. He got convicted of it, and he's doing time in prison. So there you go. He's paying the time for the crime. All I know is that a a black man in America is born black. You can't change your skin tone, no matter how much you change your voice. To sound like this, I want to tell you my name is Brandon Johnson, and I'm here to tell you the biggest thing. You don't have to do that. You can talk in your native tongue as long as you're educated, knowledgeable, and have a reasonable portion of wisdom you will be able to maneuver around this system. And trust me, you don't get any higher trying to sound like you're somebody else. The reason why y'all hear my voice sound like it does, I'm from Illinois. I'm not originally from Texas. The South has taken me over, but my body still and my mind still has portions of Illinois in it. So when I speak, sometimes my vernacular, the words that I say are pronounced. So people think I'm in either education or I'm a preacher, okay? I just so happen to be both of them. But that's not important. Important is the fact that I can communicate with you, and no matter which language you speak, whether it's this, that, or the third, even Spanish, I'm going to get down with you, okay? That being said, when we come to politics, about how the systems are and how things are and how you know who you are, let's grasp the concept of the rudimentary reason why we have the current system we have when it comes to politics. ooh, we, man, that right there was strong. So how to say that? Let's say this. The whole reason
0: we have a
7: governmental system that looks like the way it does now is because at the root, at the birth, before the birth of this country, before the birth of what we know as a country, when this was just people that had come over here and said, we're going to colonize this area where my ancestors was already at, chilling, doing their thing, raising all kinds of animals and corn and living off the land, there began to be a system of checks and balances. And the checks and balances was all about how do we keep people in check and we balance our budget. So you had poor people or workers. And then you had rich people or providers, if you will. So you had the consumers and the manufacturers. No matter what they were manufacturing, whatever it was, would do who When people who were poor, who were workers, wanted answers. And there was many more workers than there were manufacturers,
2: producers,
7: and the rich. The rich got tired of hearing about the poor people. The poor people started saying stuff like, well, we're not going to do the work if we don't get an answer for some of these questions. The birth of a country began. What happened was the people who were willing to listen to the rich and were given a sense of, You could one day, too, move up out of the poor part to become rich. They said, when I say they, I mean the rich. They said, and the rich just happened to be the powerful, right, because they had the land and they had the jobs. Um, And they could create more and more wealth from all the wealth they had. So the rich said, okay, we're going to make y'all what we now know today as the middle class. And what the middle class's purpose was is to stand in the gap between the rich and the poor. The poor now had somebody who could relate to them to tell them things that they could trust. And the rich now had a buffer to have the poor people tell the people that they were comfortable with something without them being bothered with it. And then they could, in essence, pay the middle class to do the things that they were tired of doing, that they didn't have time for doing that was beneath them. And every now and again, you'd catch a person in the middle class that would do whatever the rich folks, whatever the powerful folks say, and lie to the poor people. So that's how we got politics. Politics was all local because it was all about the people and the power. The people with power usually had money, property, and, and influence. And the people without power who made up the majority usually were the ones that uh, didn't make much. And although there were many of them, they really had a muffled voice. And then from there, we got everything else. And we got voting and the things we know today in politics and how people get to politics, we got all that system from, from that rudimentary uh, beginning. Now, that being the, the root of what we're talking about when we talk about politics, let's talk about the local part. A lot of us turn out in droves for national elections. Coming year will probably be the biggest turnout. No matter of a virus or a bacteria or a natural disaster, which that might come because, you know, voting is during hurricane season um, and the end of tornado season. When we turn out in 2020 this year for November, it'll be tons and tons of folks. I mean, millions of people voting. One, because we got a jackass in the White House. Let me go ahead and put that out there. This some bitch is dumb, okay? This dude here, I, I'm looking at these news conferences or least snippets of them because I can only tolerate so much of them for, for so long um, on a daily basis. Um, let me tell you, every day I am surprised at how dumb can get dumber. I don't know how I get surprised because I think I'm ready. My mind, my heart, my soul, all in this noggin, all three of those things. I say to myself, Lord, today is going to be the day uh, I'm going to hear something crazy, but I'm used to it. And then I hear it, and I'm like, I wasn't ready. I was not ready for that dumbass comment. I sat there and watched the conference one day. The other day, I don't know if it was yesterday, or day before yesterday. This uh, this president of ours said, "I'm going to cut off pay. I'm gonna cut off the funds we give to the WHO, and I'm gonna cut them off. Something somewhere to use." Then a reporter asked him about it, and he said, "I didn't say that." And another reporter said, "You just said that." And He said, "No, I didn't." And I said to myself, dude, dude, we must look dumb. We must be sheep because we just follow whatever the one in front is doing. And we'll follow that one off the cliff. Dumb shit. You hear me? Dumb. I'm like, dude, you can't blow the smoke off my head. So when I think about those, those kind of remarks from a politician, um, I wish I could go heavier into it, but I'm just saying just, just most of y'all, cause some of y'all that are probably watching this Elizabeth are his supporters and, and, um, I'm just going to do the best I can with giving you the Southern way of cussing your ass out. And I'm going to say it the best way I can bless your heart, bless your heart. You love that man. Bless your heart. you hear me? Um, you can call in anytime, Sierra. I, I'm, I'm monitoring the live. When you see me look from right here to over here, I'm looking at the screen to try to monitor uh, anybody who calls in on the hotline, and when you call in, you can just listen to the show that way, but you have to press the number one in order to hear your voice and bring you in and you say your piece, whatever, and then we can move, keep moving on. So the number again is 515 605 9375, Blog Talk Radio's Gumbo Talk Show um, on Blog Talk, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk USA. So that being said, uh, Buffer is the middle class. The middle class is shrinking. We have more and more poor people, and we have more and more rich people. And that's where the great divide comes from, because we have more poor people and more rich people, and there's still that buffer there that isn't really doing much for us, because now we have rich people running politics. Most of the people in the Congress and the Senator, uh, the, Sen- the Senate are rich. Um, most of them were very wealthy before they got in there, if not 99.9% of them very wealthy. They're either attorneys, most of them are attorneys, or they were doctors or rich in some kind of enterprise before they got in there, because it takes a lot of money to get votes. It takes a few million dollars to become a senator. It takes hundreds of millions of dollars to become a president. It takes a a million or a few hundred thousand to become a congressman. It takes tens of thousands to become a state and or a state senator and or state congressperson. So, you know, and it takes a couple of grand to become a local um, commissioner in a county or whatever you call it in your county. And for some people, hundreds, if not thousands, to become a city council or alderman or tribesmen or whatever. You call it. it takes money to do all that. So anyway, back to this thing where, where the, buffer, the buffer is leaving. And now we have the rich people controlling all the politics. They're not listening to the poor people because the buffer is gone and people who have money don't listen to people who don't. And it's not as important to them to listen to them. So what we need to do is build up our wealth. Now, I wasn't really going into all the solutions, but I can't help it because I don't think problem-based I think solution based. And what we have to do is build our wealth. We need more and more businesses. If you can apply for these Corona virus, I'm going to have to look it up. Y'all y'all please forgive me because it's stands, it's CARES Act is what it's called. It's coronavirus something relief economic I'm looking it up. It's called CARES. Uh, coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security I wanted to get the words right for the acronym called CARES. I don't know how much they care because if they really care, they they break me off a couple grand a month for all the money we put in. You know, you don't just put money in there when you pay your taxes. You put money in there when you buy things. You put money in there when you, um, just because you're a citizen, you're a social security number, they can wage against a bank because you're a member of this organization, this business this entity with your social security number, you already generate money for this country. That's what they use to get money in bonds for other countries. When they borrow trillions of dollars to help us out with things like they did with China, they use social security numbers. Look, we have X amount of people. That's why you hear that 330 million-something people live in this country, because 330 million pay like they weigh with just the fact that they have a social security. And China, of course, has millions of people over a billion people, they have more money because they can pay like they weigh with the people they have. People are collateral, right? It doesn't benefit us as a country to lose people to a virus, but we do. But it benefits the rich people because they have less poor people, poor people who aren't doing anything to help them um, getting in the way. What's going on, Shark flame? I see you out there. Uh, we're getting in the way, so you can sweep the forest floor because you want the bushes and the trees to prosper more. So that's what you hear when you hear the term "sweep the forest floor." Get rid of all the rubbish. You know, it causes problems. That can start fires.
2: That's what they that does.
7: So when when we talk, we <sighs> about how the the public is involved. In politics, please, y'all call in. Sierra, you you more than welcome to call in and chime in on it. I'm waiting for Rita. I'm finna federalize y'all. What time is it? Eight twenty-two. I'm finna text this, this girl as we speak. Because she's smart, young and smart. Things different to me, but we we like we kin folks, so it doesn't matter that we think differently on some things, but I need her to come in because I need somebody in their 20s, 20 years or so younger than me to come in and, in and bring in that other flavor. But but listen, the buffer is shrinking. The middle class is shrinking. The, the, the rich are growing. Right? Some of those middle class people always wanted to be rich, and so they're becoming rich, and they're still saying, forget the poor people. We ain't got time to focus on them. We're all about ours. And that's where I was getting at. Everybody is an individual in this thing, and the individual is supposed to join into the collective. But it's gotten to the point where now we've put so much in blood, sweat, tears, and our lives into the collective that most of us, especially us that are poor, and I what I mean by poor, I don't mean broke. I'm not broke. I'm poor. Okay? I don't have a $100,000 liquid assets that I could get into something um, big time and make a million dollars in another two or three years just off of what I have now. I I, I have a humble thing. I have a a little change in the bank. I got a little change in my pocket, and I have a money-generating business. That's all great, right? And I have a job, too. I don't know. It's not really a job. I work for an entity. It's difficult to work for an entity, but they pay me to do what I'm volunteering to do. But that's great. So I have these, these streams of income. I also have a business where I sell products, the Max 365 for you ladies. And your husband just ain't getting you right, and you want a little bit more from him than what you're getting, you know, you pop a little bit of this and his sweet tea, swirl it around, give him an hour or so, he is going to do something to you amazing. Now, I didn't mean to start off and get commercials, but hey, I, I pay everything right now for this particular show to be aired on all these formats, and uh, I might as well. It's a sad dog that won't wag his own tail, is what I heard. Um, so, anyway. The, the fact that we have the buffer, the fact that individuals are the attention, politics is local. Because we're all local wherever we are. Now, if you're focused on where I started going on this rabbit hole, with the national politics in November this year, you're still missing the mark with the local. Give you a case in point what's going on now in Milwaukee, where I have many, 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 many family members. More than I can count because I don't know them all. My family comes out of East Moline, Illinois, as far as my mom's side, my dad's side, Paducah, Kentucky. As far as I know, none of my Paducah, Kentucky family on the Johnson side are in Milwaukee. But on my mom's side, the Owens, we are sick in Milwaukee, okay? Now, if y'all don't know, Milwaukee just held an election, and they're doing this election even though this coronavirus thing is going on. Even though it's Republicans trying to take over a Democratic state, they're trying and they're doing their best because they had these people go vote. Three, what is it? There's 600-something thousand people in the state and they have, I mean, in the city of Milwaukee, and they had five polling locations. for 600-something thousand people to vote. Crazy as hell. That's over a hundred thousand people to vote. A poll, if there were a hundred thousand voters, you have to take away the people who are ineligible. But we're still, even if it was a hundred thousand people, you want twenty-five thousand, you want twenty thousand people to vote at one poll. That's crazy. Twenty thousand people at each poll is basically a hundred thousand, but there's six hundred and something thousand people in the city, and so they these Republicans fought, and this this Republican uh, judge Kelly fought against it and said, "Oh no, we're not going." to let these folks turn out in droves in a couple of months. We want that lower voter turnout because a lower voter turnout means a vote for Trump and they know it. So people didn't want to stand in lines because they didn't want to get sick. And then the lines were so long, people had to wait three to five hours to vote. Banana. So when we think about local in Milwaukee, how is your uh, uncle who is not old enough? Let's say he's 54. He's not old enough to get a mail-in ballot. He doesn't have any health condition. And he decides to want to go vote. But, you know, he's got a, you know, he can't stand up for very long. And he comes in there, and he, uh, he got to stand in line for the hour. He also ain't going to stand in three hours. He's going to leave. He's going to get him something easy. I don't know if that's you, Sierra, but if whoever that is that in on the line, if you want to chime in and speak, hit the number one. That way I know you want to speak. So anybody who calls into that 515 515- 605-9375. I see you, but I don't add you in unless you do what you just did, and I appreciate
6: you because I hate you to, to I really don't like you. People
0: do.
6: I don't.
7: okay Something that we have on the line from uh,
6: H-Town? From the- hey, Brandon, this is Cleo. How you doing, my brother? What's going on,
7: Cleo? Now, this is an educated brother here. Cleo, we're talking politics. One, it's good to hear your voice, and, and, and two, I want to stay on topic. We're talking about all politics is local. You can jump in anywhere you would like to. But right now, I'm yeah. really at the point of talking about
6: how, how it is local and what that means to us. Yeah, well, first, I want to talk about, you know, there's this trope out there that people don't want to do politics because they don't like politics. And I want to address that by right. saying this, is that politics is power. And the people that don't engage in yeah. politics yeah. don't have power. And people without power are slaves. So I want the people to think about that when they talk about they don't do politics, because politics is power. Let's go a little deeper. Come on, tell us. Tell
7: us tell us what kind of power does a person have when they participate at e- even the most lowest level, which that is just voting, not voicing your opinion, but just casting your vote. Tell us where the power comes from
6: for an individual that chooses to participate. First of all, you start with just something simple as you mentioned I'm an educator with school board. Like school board members determine what kind of policies happen to your child, how your child is dealt with when things happen at the school, what kind of programs come to your child's school. So that's a form of power because if we are not taking care of the kids, then we're not taking care of our future. So that's the greatest power there is. Okay.
7: Now, from the school, schools are always local. What about the municipal part of, of voting and participating? Where does an individual's power come with the
0: municipal?
6: Yeah, quite, quite simply. When we think about when we have certain businesses come to our part of a town or banks or other okay. institutions of that nature, which give us power. So transportation, roads, all those things are connected to power. And us determining how those services are divvied out by people that we hold accountable through the power of the vote. Okay,
7: now, talk about that a little bit for y'all, because I told y'all I'm going to break this down where everybody can get it, and we're going to serve this up where it's palatable for everybody. So let's give you, for instance, you know how sometimes you notice that police patrol in a certain area more than they do in other areas, and then you hear the line, well, there's more crime in that area. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that, I'm not talking to you, Cleo, I'm giving a rhetorical question to everybody. Do you think that if more people had eyes on the other side of town, there would be less crime? The answer is no. Everybody is involved in some kind of way. I mean, not every individual, but every community has some form of a legal activity going on. You can call it what you want. A lot of people like to call it blue collar and white collar. Crime is crime. If there were police on the other side of town, like they were on this side of town, I'm just saying that as if I live on the side of town with police patrol, but you get what I'm saying? There would be a lot of pulling over of people there too, and hence a lot more opportunity to create an avenue for an arrest, which goes down in the books, as crime. So with local politics municipally, when the city, if you're concerned about with what's going on in your neighborhood and why things aren't so good, then who are you voting for for your local person to represent you when it comes to your city? And if that person isn't someone that's representing you or doing things that you feel are helping to even the, the playing field, make things more not equal, but equitable to us and them, whoever them is, um, then you are actually part of the problem if you're not voting, like Cleo says, because it is something that helps you figure out stuff not only for your kids, but stuff for you, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, your mom and dad, right? So so what else you got to comment on, Cleo? you you on here, man. We... We can talk. We got another thirty minutes or so. I, I, I love to have feedback and communication. I'm hoping Sierra, she mentioned the comment. Oh, he, Cleo dropped off. That's okay, brother. You can call back in. I'm I'm, I'm monitoring the lines. I do everything, producer, um, whatever you want to call it. Boom! Look at it. I'm controlling the I'm controlling the audio. I'm controlling the visual. You know, I I can even I I even have control of the lighting. You know what I'm saying? That's me. It. It's all me. So I'm here. So. So anyway, you have all these things that are aspects of politics just right in your backyard. Let's not even, okay, let's go to another level, the state level and the county level. Your taxes, that's where your big taxes come from, right? The roads and bridges, the 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 um, security when it comes to criminal justice. We pay for these folks to work on these roads. Why do we have potholes, right? And, and we're paying them to work on it. When it comes to criminal justice, why are they picking on our people when they pull us over? Our voices are being heard. See, people don't pick on folks in areas where the politicians say, hey, police chief, police commissioner, uh, whatever you are, uh, sheriff, um, my constituents are saying that your officers are doing X, Y, Z, and you know your review is coming up. Now, the sheriff is elected. Most chiefs are appointed or hired in by a city, a municipality. But trust and believe that if the sheriff has deputies out there and the sheriff gets elected in and you say, hey, look, we got 100,000 people that's willing to vote you up out of here. We have 100 people, no matter what size county you live in. I don't care if it's 100 or 100,000 to get a sheriff in or a million in a large city like maybe New York or whatever. But if you're not... uh, In the the know of who these people are, you're going to be left out. And it's real easy to get left out. So if your voice isn't heard, not only at the polls to get the people in that are going to do for you what you want done as an individual for the collective and then the collective to pay you back for saying, you know, hey, look, I want these sanctions or I want this lifted off of me. I don't want to deal with this bullshit no more. Your voice is not being heard. But it's only heard because you know who they are now. I'm a firm believer that every person needs to know who every one of their elected officials is. I know who my city councilman is. His name is Ray Wade. I know who the mayor is. His name is Andy Mack. I know who my, who's the next level, my county commissioner is, Shannon Brown. I know who my county judge is, Bill Stout. Next level, uh, state congressman, J. Dean. Former mayor, state senator, Brian Hughes, uh, congressman, oh, shit, Louie Gomert. state senators, we have two, they cover the whole state, there's no half and half, we have um, Ted Cruz, and what's that other name, John Cornyn, and then you move up from there, the whole statewide, you have Greg Abbott as the governor. That's everybody. That's politics, what I consider local, up to the state level, and then and, and well, the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate. So that's state and U.S. And then above that, of course, is the coup de gras. Um, this dumb some bitch. I, I can't even say his name because I don't want it to get any algorithms. But you know what I'm saying? Go say dumb some bitch. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm gonna leave that at. You know, if y'all don't like cussing, I understand. But that's the only word I can say, because I don't like saying his name. Because if you put it out there in the atmosphere, it gets energy, and I don't want that energy to be turned into something that gives them a boost, or his and them, his and him and his any kind of boost. So I keep, I don't want to say the name, because I know that how algorithms work, um, they hear it, they put it out there, and they they think that you're you're um, supporting them. And if I say his name, I don't want to support him. So I advise y'all to not even call him something else. Don't 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 call him the name because even if you put it in the atmosphere in a conversation with people, that energy is out there, and 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 the and the, and the universe. What is it? Because I was gonna type it. No, don't type it because you know if you type it, it goes in the algorithms and say, look at how many times his name was mentioned on Facebook. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna give him the privilege of hearing my name, my voice say his name. So, politics is local. I named all my elected officials up to the state level, country level. Now, how is it that we don't have power? When I say we, I'm, I'm now referring to black folks in America, in places like Mississippi and Alabama. Hey, what's going on in Hey, Ranga, Ranga, Randy Rang Marie. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to say that name, but I've never seen that name before. I don't know who you are, but I'm excited that you're here. So, hello. I don't know if you're a guy or a lady, so I don't say hi to guys. I only say what's up to guys. But if you're a lady, hi. I don't know. That might be very, <laughs> that might be sexist or whatever. But I just don't say hi to men. I did like that, I'm sorry. But welcome to the Gumball Talk. So now as we think about all that stuff we talk about on local officials. fisheries, voting is important, I want to break down the solutions. A lot of our solutions come in the form of us simply cast. That's a lot of our solutions. That's not the only
6: solution, though, in voting. So whether you vote or not, these people still represent you.
7: Do you have, you're from New Zealand, and you're a female? New Zealand? I love
0: New Zealand.
7: I love my aboriginal bloodline that I have from that part of the world. So y'all welcome New Zealand to the house. (laughs) But so when we we think of... um, The fact that even though you may not vote and you don't want to vote, that doesn't mean you can't participate. Now, you have a lesser role because you don't participate in the voting, but that doesn't minimize your importance. The important thing is is that you interact and you inspire. Some people in my world, when I used to be heavily involved in civil rights, said, you become an agitator. You got to shake things up. See, a lot of things, when you put clothes in a washing machine, or if you're washing them by hand, you have to agitate. In fact, hold on, let me use this word, agitate. That helped me do something that's even better than, than that. So this virus is going on, and everybody's running to get toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and you know, to get paper towels, and disinfect wipes. Right? life. Let's talk about agitation. The best form of fighting the virus is one, keeping your hands clean and keeping away from people that might breathe, cough, sneeze, and or do anything else that would, would put droplets in the air or on surfaces where you would touch them and or they would get into your respiratory system, okay? Agitation. Let me tell you what agitation is. The best form to fight this thing with germs on your hands is to wash them with soap. Now, that doesn't mean you put, put soap on your hands and you do this like most of y'all. Tell the truth. Most of y'all just doing this and you putting soap on your hand and you're doing this number. And you're doing that for 20 seconds. You might be even singing happy birthday to yourself. And then you're done. Okay. Now that is just simply voting, right? But being impactful would be the fact that when you learn that soap and water are the best things to kill viruses on surfaces in your hands. But it isn't just putting the soap and water on your hands doing this. You you gotta agitate it. You gotta get in there and scrub, and you gotta get the back of your hand, both hands, you gotta get that thumb, both thumbs. You gotta get in between those fingers and you gotta get those fingertips. You got the, the agitation of the soap and water. I'm talking about politics, y'all. The agitation of soap and water on your hand breaks the y'all look it up. It breaks the membrane up around a virus. The soap and the agitation, the cleanliness. And the pressure, the membrane of viruses, and in just a few moments, with heavy agitation. Oh, yeah, under the nail. What's going on, Burnett? That's what I'm to about. Burnett's me for 25 years. What's up, Burnett? So um, the agitation breaks up the cell of the virus, therefore getting in the cell wall and killing it. The same thing with voting, and then not only just voting, but voicing your opinion at these meetings that they have, if, if you have not visited, see, I've visited not only my my, 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 my council person, my mayor, I've visited the congressman, state congressmen, the state senator's office, I know where they are in Austin, I know where they are in my community, and then i also visited their offices in Washington, D.C., I have not been to the White House. I don't have no plan on going until probably after January 2021, uh, hopefully, but if, if then, it might be January 2025 or whatever. But the point of it is, is that you've got to know who they are to know who you agitate. See, with Louis Gohmert, I agitate him, but I also know how to get to his staff. Let me tell you all the Louie Gohmert's staff in Washington, D.C., they like Whataburger ketchup. They can get Whataburger ketchup in Washington, DC because they don't gain nothing. But they can be sexy, and they love water burger. Whataburger got their own kind of ketchup. Take that Whataburger ketchup to D C with you and take it in the show? And you got a little ask or you got some information you want to give them, and watch out quickly that you could cause you see what I'm saying? It isn't always about the person that's in the office that you elect, but the people around them. I've always been friendly to receptionists and secretaries. I've always been friendly to them. The point of it is, is it's a relationship. It's not only a relationship with the individuals, it's a relationship with the people around that individual. When you want to get closer to something, you got to get in there. you got to agitate things. you got to shake things up. Agitation isn't always a bad thing. Agitation is getting rid of stuff. Agitation is also introducing something new. When my clothes go in the washing machine, guess what that thing in the middle of it is? It's an agitator. The agitator shakes it around so that the soap can get in there and clean out all that grease that come off my body in there. See what I'm saying? And, and and then guess what? I got clean clothes that I put in the dryer when I get a Thank God I got a washer and dryer in my own house. And I ain't got to go for the to the wash washroom. See what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, Whataburger ketchup is the truth. I see you, Jessica. And Sierra, what you say? Being present and informed is essential. The more they see you, better. The more you know, even better. That's right. That's right. So, I don't know what you're out of that, uh, storyteller, but, you know, I've been be talking, but there's some truth in that. So, anyway, the agitation getting to know you, knowing them. When you walk in the door, they already know they done on something, and they know you come. When I walk in the door, this, let me give y'all a story. One time I was doing, I was still working for the MHMR and I do doing my forensic thing, but I also uh, am an expert in setting up specialty courts. I know the justice system. Not only do I know the justice system, I know how to set up specialty courts in the justice system. I know how to set up court dockets and all that. That's, my, that's one of my um, repertoires in my, my tuba. So leaving that there, I went to a conference down in the Bastrop, Texas. And we were there, and we ended up having a legislative trip. And they wanted us to go talk to our senator and our congressman in Austin, which was only a couple minutes down the road. So we got on all these charter buses. I think we had about 10 of them. It was judges, district attorneys, probation officers, defense attorneys, everybody that works in drug treatment courts mostly in the state of Texas. And then some of us who worked in mental health treatment courts, and the very few who worked in veterans treatment courts which are all specialty courts in here. We even have prostitution courts in the state of Texas. So um, they wanted us to load up on the bus, and we did, and we went to the, to the legislative meeting. Yeah. Well, this is the story. This is, this, is, this is I go, I'm like, all hell, here we go. I went through Leadership Longview back in 2007, and the main – Chief aide to Brian Hughes Who's now a state senate, Who was at the time a congressman In Mineola, Texas And not a senator His chief aide was a friend of mine From leadership long All the way back to 2007 I think this story, what I'm telling you about Took place in 2016 I had known this girl Almost nine years She had told this guy Brian Hughes about me He knew me before he ever really met me. So I was like, oh hell!" Yeah. So, J.D. knows me because he used to be the mayor here in the city. He used to be cool, but then he kind of messed up on some things I i to get on that ass. I go, go to Austin, 30 minute trip from Bastrop and uh, pull up in the, uh, what's on time? The 848 or 840. Lord, tell me, oh, it's 848. I, I, I can get the story. Out. So I pull up at the uh, thing. It's, a few hundred of us, we all got on the same shirt. We go and we get in, finally get into the uh, to the Capitol building. and They're in session, both uh, the Senate and the Congress. They're meeting. So I go to the office. I had never been to the office while uh, J.D. was in the office, but I had been there when uh, Simpson, David Simpson, and I had definitely been there when uh, who was before David Simpson? Tommy Merritt was in there. Tommy Merritt and I, we got like this, right? We get in there, and all of us, and then it was a couple of people from my area that were with me, and most of them know me because of the specialty court, because I'm in the specialty court thing. Yeah, all of them know me, and um, but not all of them know me, know me, but a few of them do, and uh, they knew at the time I was the president of the, the NAACP, right? So I'm not in there on that. I'm in there on my, my, my job thing, right? On, on, this, on this organization, I'm a part of, of, of course. So when I get into the office, uh, a guy I know uh, from community work, his daughter is now the chief aide to the new congressman, J.D. So she sees me come into office. She says, "Hey, Mr. Johnson, how are you?" I <laughs> felt good about that. You know, I walk in the office. These other people with me. These people out in Austin know who I am, but they're from Longview, so I'm like, okay, I know who I am. They've been around, been around. Been around. So I said, hey, how you doing? I forget the girl's name, and I'm not gonna say her name, cause she was cool, cute, young, 20, 20, 21, something like that. And uh, there was this other aide that that that, that walks around and does a lot of paperwork running. You know, he might have been even an intern. I have even an intern. So they say, are you here to visit? uh congressman or whatever dean representative dean that's what they call him representative representative dean and I was like new Jay you know what I'm saying call me no, I ain't calling him you, you know a title I mean, new J. I know who he are and Brian when I go see him I'm not calling him senator I know Mr. You even call him Brian okay. so um long story short they were in session in the chambers downstairs and when I went, I knew that down there, near there was the senator's office, so I said, okay. Whoop-de-whoop. So, dude, I forget his name, carries me. He walks me, and a couple other people, they walk with me. They're from the area. They walk behind us. We walk, and he's talking. He's like, hey, uh, the people know you in the office. What do you do? And I told him, well, well, well. I said, but really, I'm just a cool cat. You know, I like to represent my people, and um, I don't take you know a whole lot of bullshit, you know. And so, he knew. You know, so he wasn't from Longview. He was from, like, Dallas, I think, that he was an intern, I think. So he said, well, such and such, the girl, I'm going to tell your name, said that that, that you that I needed to get the rep, um, Mr. Dean, out of the thing. I said, okay, out of the chambers, because they're in there listening and sessioning the people, talking about things that they're going to vote for legislation. And so he said, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take you by, by the senator's office. So he took me over there. I get in there. The people don't know me. I don't know me. Um, and so uh, get in
5: there
7: it just so happened he wasn't in there either. But when we left, he was walking in. And he said, oh, there he goes. He said, but he looks busy. He's walking fast. So I said, don't worry about it. Out. So I went over there and I introduced myself because we hadn't really met that much in person. And I said, uh, hi, my name is Brandon. He said, oh, are you Mr. Johnson from Longview? And I said, yeah. He said, I know about you. I said, who you know about? You know his friend? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's talking about you all the time when you guys get leadership Longview. And um, anything I can do to help you, what are you here for? What's going on? Do you have a problem? I said, let, let, me get, let me get such and such on it, and we, let, me, let me listen to you. One of my office. I'll be there in five minutes. I said, no, I'm just here for this group. You see your shirt? I turned around and looked at the back. We just kind of wanted to let you know about such and such. I'm not really that hip on the thing against the marijuana, but we're going to get that changed because I think you need to lift the legislation on it. That was
0: against the group's thing, by the way. And I said,
7: I'm, I'm just basically here because uh, of this. And I just want to let you know that this is what I'm an advocate for, not just the other stuff. Because I, at the time, I was also the East Texas director for the state NAACP. I had a lot of roles in that thing. And, and, and that's not important, but he knew who I was, right? So he said, okay, anytime, here's my card. He turned it over. He wrote his own personal sale on it. We'll it by, so I still got it in my phone. Um, and then we went to the chambers. Jadeen was in there. They're in there voting, right? I know I'm like five minutes in on the story, but I'm giving you a picture, right? why politics is local and why politics is important, and the relationships that you have with people. Now, mind you, I done been up and down this dude back as a mayor his last couple of years in office, because he was doing a lot of messing up. He didn't really care about this side of town, right? He just cared about his thing, and he did whatever he wanted to do because he knew he was lamed up his last couple of years, I mean, three-year terms that he served, So he was just doing whatever he wanted to do and did a lot of crazy stuff I got on the ass. So what happened was a young man that was walking me around, and taking the off. we get to the chambers, I can't go inside. You can only go inside if you have something to say about the topic. I, and there wasn't any seats because it was busy. So we get in there and I'm standing out in the thing. Now there's a bunch of state troopers, right? as at, at security. State troopers, security, uh, the, the, the Austin Capitol, right? So the, the, the state troopers are all out there thick. Now if you was a regular Negro, you get nervous, but I ain't nervous about nothing. I know who I am and I know what I stand on. They just out there. But I couldn't go in because they got a guy that's like a parliamentarian or like uh no, he's not a parliament. He's a sergeant at arms that watches the door. If you know anything about the more than the races like the uh like the, the Masons and all that, they got people on the door. You can't come in and they're in session, right? They stop anybody from come in. But the aides can go in and talk to the rep because the aid is that rep's right hand, there might be some news. So dude can go in. I'm standing outside talking to all of these people in the same white T-shirt out there from all over the the state, and we're just all talking to each other. And um, next thing you know, the white boy comes out, and he says, I said, oh, I wasn't expecting him to come out. He said, no. He said, when I told him your name, he said, I'm going to come out. I'm going to tell you all, this is not just me. This is you. This is the power you have when you build a relationship with your local politician. This son of came out of there in like two minutes. They was in there finna bloat on something. He comes out. He says, hey, Brandon, you know how they get when they turn red. And face, right? They turn red. And face. They don't know. You know, you can kind of tell when they're there and they're because they turn red. No offense to my New Zealand people, but you know how it goes. People get nervous when they pale skin and they turn red. So he comes out. He says, Brandon, what's going on, man? What's the problem now? What can I have? I said, hey, no problem. I said, I'm here for this. I said, I left some paperwork in your office. I really would like you to vote for that stuff when it comes up. It's a no brainer. All the local judges, I said, Blabham, Charles, Simpson. Uh, that was only one because it's like criminal stuff. When it comes to those special reports, that's the only question to it. And over boy, that does the family court. I forget his name. He did it too, sometimes down there in the 307. 307. Greg, I, I can't remember his name. But anyway, I said, boom, boom. I said, they all support it. I said, we need you to vote for this when it comes up. He said, done. They're like that. And he shakes my hand and says, so how you been? I said, I'm all right. I said, you know, you don't have to go through all these motions. You know, we know how we feel about each other. This is about business. This is about helping out the constituents. You know how you are about the drugs. You know, he was a big person in getting that K2 made illegal in Texas because of what happened to the guy at Pizza King. You know, the grandson of the Pizza King owner died smoking that KG. So, J.D. knew all of that. So, this thing was a little brand. New. But I told him also, I said, hey, look, it's marijuana thing, this cannabis thing, you know, chill on that, though. But, but everything else, we need these specialty courts to get, you know, more funding so that we can get people rolling through courts. So, you see how it wasn't about me when I got there. Although my name and my presence preceded me, it can only happen because... Not only do I vote, I knew a few thousand people who voted just like me. So if you want to stay in office, right, these people want to stay in office, people like me can just say a word, and we got a few thousand people that don't do it, don't vote for it. And they want them votes. They don't care about nothing but votes. So if you got the power, not only in your one vote, but I tell people this all the time, get your family in a block. Get you a network of people that you always talk to, your friends that come by, all them folks that like your page, and start putting that real out there. This content is no longer labeled. What are you talking about? I don't know what they're talking about. My sister is dating the girls. Oh! I thought somebody gave me a private comment. I, mean, I didn't know that. But you know you know that it's true. I'm not going to say who that person was. They know it's true that that dude died from overdoses. So um uh so long story short, I went in there on my own tinto right? But my reputation preceded me because they knew that I represented more than just myself. I never go into a place singing I I always do singing we. I learned that from Tommy there. So know that we are all important. It's eight fifty eight and we ain't gonna have uh let's see, what time do we still start. What time what, what do we got? What do we got? I got people that have sent text messages. Hey, mom, I see my mom listening. probably did listen. Oh, Facebook Facebook froze up? I didn't know that it froze up. It might have froze up on her, but we ain't got but 90 seconds left. I probably should extend it, y'all. I, I, I apologize. You think you get off. But I ain't got no better to do than talk together. I'm going to extend it for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened i'm not gonna go that home page so what happened was because i did more than both because i made sure that people knew my name and that i was always coming not on my own behalf but on people that think and believe and have ideologies like me, that i had more of a voice when i went in there it wasn't one voice.
2: it was thousands of voices
7: matter if that's true or
2: not. What
7: about the perception? I don't know if people. There, there might be a couple, a few hundred. But they have influence. See what I'm saying? If you can influence 500 people, how many 500 people can influence others? How many of the 500 can influence others? And you see how the snowball is. It's not about us as individuals, it's about the collective, but the collective isn't necessarily about the entire country because I don't represent those folks that support this junior city at 1600. They're not my people. And there are some people who don't think like him. They're not my people either. It's the folks that do, I care about. And when I go into a place, now, storyteller, thank you, Connie. Kind of okay, good. Storyteller, just make a comment on here. You've seen me in private settings get down on some of these folks. I'm not lying to y'all. I ain't got no reason to lie. I lose out on opportunities because I tell people what it is. I don't care that you got a powerful position nowhere. You're talking me crazy. You can expect me to go outside with the same tongue, this way, that way,